Oh, mac and cheese. Oh, let's get some mac and cheese. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, July 4th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 527. This is No Agenda. Celebrating 237 years of the Empire here at the Travis Heights Hideout in Austin, Tejas, the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I want to wish everyone a merry day. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill. A merry day? Yeah, merry day. <laughs> I realized right in the middle of what I was going to say, this is only a holiday in one place. Uh, so go to uh, Twitter right now and search and, and go into the little search box. Hold on. And then search for 213 years old. P-W-I-T-T-E-R dot com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't autocomplete for you? Uh, two in the 213? Two, two, no, 2013 years old. Oh, oh right. There's a bunch of that. Yeah. And uh, tell me that you don't see a number of tweets of people saying, Wow, happy birthday, America. 2013 years. Wow, it's hard to believe America turns 213 years old today. 2013. Yeah, 2013. This is the state of And then our- somebody comes back with, well, Britain's oldest tree may be up to 5,000 years old. This is the state of the zombie. We are living in World War Z. It's not. It's all a metaphor for the, the, the world we're living in. I can't believe that people actually are tweeting these things. So America, it's like the whole thing is it's a list of uh, hundreds of people <laughs> yeah. can't believe America's already 200, 2013 years old. <laughs> How sad is it? I'm no, just, really. no I, I, I think it's a joke meme. But no, yeah. no it, it's, it did not start off as a joke meme. This really started as people seriously saying this. Join the movement. New Boo <laughs> Free Ultra Idiots. Omega. Hey, a that? revolutionary Omega hey. 3 formula hey. for two times better joint comfort. Healthy joints move free. What? Also from move free, joint health is yummy. It's new move free gummies. I don't know what the hell is going on. I got like this huge commercial all of a sudden for. Where did that come from? See if it's on my screen. Oh my god! No, mine's stopped. What was your last commercial? It was Mazda. Oh my god! That was crazy. What the hell was that? It wasn't on my side. <laughs> I think it was coming from you. It was no, like, no. It could have been on your side. No, that, well, it could no. have been coming from me. No. Well, that. Oh my god. That was that was freaky. Well, anyway, happy Fourth of July, John. Show, yeah. Let's just move on. Happy Fourth of July. Uh oh. What? It's coming. There it is again. What? The advertisement. Do you hear it? Yeah. Well, no, I don't hear it. But it's just going. Apparently, just going through the mixer right to you. Well, I don't hear it now. Oh, then I'm hearing something, but through it, okay. All right. So just, why don't you just minimize that so you can, can I, see can it? I, no, it's not possible. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. This is this is a disaster. Can't you just minimize all of Skype or just put it in the background okay, or something? Okay, let me just see what happens when the next ad comes up. Okay, here comes one for, uh, <laughs> they're just going to play these things just incessantly while I'm trying to talk on Skype. <laughs> that was really weird. We just got like this really. Li- I think it was coming through your channel, though. I I, I didn't have any browser windows open. Well, for or people that want to know what I'm talking about, is that I get my Skype has is playing ads at me. 
like mm-hmm. within the window of this conversation. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand what you're saying. So I got it. I got my kazoo. Okay. Well, I told you I had one. Uh, yeah. What about Morsi? What do you think? Well, um, I think a number of things. Uh, th- you know, if you if you look at, well, I think it's a pretty big scale actually. If if you look at Obama being in Africa, and uh, you look at what's going on with Snowden, it appears to me that we have Russia and Ch- and the Chiners essentially teaming up just to embarrass Obama wherever they can. And I'm pretty sure, looking at the professional signs that, that I've seen all these Egyptians walking around with, remember um, the Japanese, they would always have this, like, uh, American Yankee, go home. You know, they'd have these weird... <laughs> Yankee, go home. <laughs> these kind of awesome. weird, weird signs and slogans that were... Yeah, Yankee, go home Yankee, in go English. Home. Right. So you, you look at the... And I'm sure you've seen the... You know, oh, yeah. The, the 15 signs you'll never see on uh, mainstream media in the United States. And there's, like, you know, uh, Obama, your bitch is, uh, is our leader and... <laughs> <laughs> like all this, you know, that he's the top war criminal, but really kind of in a, in a funky sense, you know, that it's it's not it's clearly not written by the CIA. And I'm thinking that no, Chi- I'm totally convinced it's not CIA. No, it's not. It's it, I think it's the Chinese and the Russians. I think it's the Russians. Well, I think it's together, John. They're, they're doing a joint. You know, they've got a huge naval exercise they're doing right now. Um, both the Russians and Chinese warships have been re- refueling in Cyprus in the in the past few months. Um, you know, it's this is clearly all about um, uh, the end game. I think is about Syria. Yeah, but, I agree. But to me, it seems like it, it truly is. You know, we we know that for for the listeners out there who. Use us as the news source. We better play an overview uh, to catch them up. Yeah. And the, what I got? had the best one. I I recorded a bunch of. I thought the PBS one with uh, Margaret Warner floating around the Middle East was the best. Okay, let me see. And and I'm a little confused actually. Is it now? Have we decided to spell Morsi with a Y now instead of an I? When did the, when did this happen? That's a that's a point of controversy. I think it's code. I don't know what it means. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. It depends on whose team you're on. Is that the deal? I'm guessing. Okay, let's go. Egypt's first democratically elected leader has been overthrown by the country's armed forces. President Mohamed Morsi has reportedly been moved to an undisclosed location. Morsi's Twitter account quotes him saying he rejects what he called a full coup. Margaret Warner begins our. I love it where all of a sudden, uh, you know, Twitter accounts are, you know, news. It's official. Science is in. I know. Unbelievable. Full coup. Cheers erupted from hundreds of thousands celebrating in Tahrir Square as the commander of Egypt's army announced President Mohamed Morsi was no longer in power. The chief justice of the Constitutional Court will declare before the court the early presidential election, where the justice of the Constitutional Court will run the state's affairs unit in the interim period until the new president is elected. He also said the state's Islamic-backed constitution would be suspended pending review. It all happened after a tension-filled 24 hours, as a military-imposed deadline neared for President Morsi to respond to the demands of the people in the streets. In a defiant speech to the nation last night, Morsi vehemently defended his position as the elected leader of the country. 
We now have a reference. We now have legitimacy with our own will, an elected president, a constitution voted by the people, and we are working according to this legitimacy. The revolution of January 25th and the achievement of its goals completely, the price tag for protecting it is my life, my own life. I want to take care of all of your lives. When morning came, Egyptians awoke to reports that the military had taken over the Al-Aram newspaper. An armored vehicle surrounded the state television headquarters as officers were stationed in corridors and the newsroom. Minutes before the military deadline passed, Morsi's office did release a statement backing a coalition government as a means to resolve the conflict. But the last-ditch effort was largely ignored by opposition political, religious, and youth leaders, who met instead with the military chiefs to plan a way forward, and security officials reportedly imposed travel bans on Morsi and his top allies. Yeah, this is, it's, uh, it's really interesting. The words are very important in this case. I heard Anderson Pooper last night. Immediately he was like, oh, you know, can we call it a coup? Can we call it a half coup? Don't call it a comeback. Because, of course, if it's a coup, then, you know, we can't, you know, send our billions of dollars in military aid. And I saw Dempsey the the, the 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 top dog of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on a live interview on CNN. Clearly they're clueless. They have no idea what to do. <laughs> right? I thought the whole thing was hilarious. Yeah, you know what? I, I love those laser pointers. I think that looks so smoking hot uh, with the, you, know, you get the aerial shots and they've got the, the green laser pointers flying everywhere. Yeah, great. That's what we need, more of that. <laughs> more laser pointers. And so uh, there was, uh, did you get any of the videos of the fireworks display? Yeah, the, the whole thing was just incredibly Do you bizarre. think it was an interesting coincidence? We have the 4th of July here, you know, and then there's this. Fourth of July looking fireworks display, okay, which okay. I think was a mockery. Well, well here, here's the code. And these were not just mild. This was like a this was a set. This was a setup. Right. Well, this, this John, John, days to set John, up. John, this is this is where the code is. Who makes the best fireworks in the universe? Well, the Chinese. Thank you very much. Is this total China operation? Well, they've been you know they've been getting screwed over by us left and right, and, and, and then the Russians are irked. To no end, and now that yeah. you know Obama won't talk to Putin anymore, kind of thing. Well, did you see? Did you see the thing that came out yesterday? <laughs> so, so imagine this: Putin is sitting around, and he's 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 you know hanging out with his boys. And believe me, I think he hangs out with boys. And uh, this thing is a little little too. I'm I'm using some new equipment here, so I'm also regulating stuff while we're at it. So he's hanging out with his boys. And he says, you know what we'll do? Why don't we have uh, that smoking hot Russian spy, Anna Chapman? We'll have her, like, write a love letter to Snowden in the newspaper. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and they could, they're just going over. They're just going back at it every single time. Oh, we can go back to that joke, Will. The guy, they're just... They <laughs> no, are just, callbacks are their specialty. <laughs> this is fantastic. This, I, I, I'm really impressed with what they're doing. The, what I, I'm kind of still wondering about is how, you know, the, the military in Egypt is a U.S. operation. I mean, we're the ones who trained all these guys. Not exactly. one of them has not gone through our schools in our country. Right. And they're always on our side. I think what happened is the Russians, being the slicer, that they are, they'd go over there. Hey, you know these these Americans, you're you're siding with the wrong group. These guys are gonna screw you. Look at they let that Morsi guy get in there. He probably works for him, yeah. and they're screwing you over. You're getting screwed yeah. over by your sponsors. Oh yeah. oh yeah, 
You know, those Americans can't be trusted. They can't be trusted. You're going to have to do something before it's too late. And, and so here's here's what I think, uh, how it kind of went down. So the president goes to Africa and then, you know, and, and we know he's going there to, you know, do some kind of, you know, get something started. But when you hear his his speech at Symbion Energy, which uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Symbion Energy, it said there's, there's huge signs that left and to the right of our president. And the symbion is little, you know, a little word on the placard, and then there's a huge GE logo above it. So here's the president. I mean, it's a great shot. This should be the picture of his presidency, really, when you think about it. And he's got left and right, he's got big GE uh, logos. And here's what he said, which I think was just when the Chiners went, oh, yeah, okay, you know what? You want to muscle in on our business? Well, screw you. We are here today to focus on one of the biggest hurdles to... Africa's economic development. The fact that nearly 70% of Africans lack access to electricity. And that's why in my speech in Cape Town I announced a major new initiative, Power Africa. Power Africa. To double access to electricity here in Africa. Now the first step that we're going to take is to try to bring electricity to 20 million homes and businesses. And this plant represents the kind of public-private partnership that we want to replicate all across the continent. This facility was idle, but the Tanzanian government, under President Kikwete's leadership, committed to making reforms in the energy sector with the support from the Millennium Challenge Grant, General Electric, and Symbion. They got it up and running again. More Tanzanians got electricity. So Power Africa embraces this model. Public and private resources will be matched with projects led by African countries that are taking the lead on reform. In this case, African governments commit to energy reforms. The U.S. is committing some $7 billion in support, and private sector companies have already committed more than $9 billion. And this is exactly what is going on. This is the Chinese game, is we come in, we're going to build power plants, we're going to build roads, we're going to build schools, we're going to build hospitals. The difference is uh, the Chinese probably actually do it, and we just you know talk a big well, game. The, the, and but yeah, but the Chinese also, had, you know, the game that we discussed this years ago, and I should re reiterate it, is that the games the Chinese were playing before we realized what was going on. And we can't play this game because we don't, and you'll see why when I explain it, it's obvious we can't play this game. The Chinese come in, they make a lot of promises, they start building roads to get to wherever they want to get, they rebuild the towns, they do all these things, yeah. and they do it with a blank check as, to bring the equipment and gear and cement and whatever they want to bring in to build their, their pro projects, no questions asked, no tariffs, and in the process, they bring in all this crap to sell. They bring in <laughs> Chinese restaurants. To sell. They, they, well, that too. They, I'm sure. And they yeah. bring in all these. They, so they set up shop. They put all these little vendors out of business because they're, they're selling stuff without uh, import tariffs. Right. And they dump the stuff in them. We don't have that at all. We don't have anything to sell. And we don't, we don't even know that game. That game is weird. It's a Chinese thing. And all we're 
doing now is just freaking out and saying, oh, my God, <laughs> let's just throw a lot of money at this and, and kind of do what the Chinese, what it looks like the Chinese are doing when that's right. not what they're doing. And well, but we're also doing it with our uh, with our aerial drone support because we're droning people out of existence. You know, let's let's remember when uh, we saved Libya from their evil dictator that everyone used to hang out with and had nice little photo ops with. When we saved Libya from him, the first people out of Libya were 50,000 Chinese. This is every, every single place that we go to save people from terrorism because they're plotting to strike America. This is the first people out is the Chinese. They're going, oh, crap, here those guys come. I think they really, I think you're right. They got so fed up with it and said, okay, you know, we're going to show you're there in Africa with your little $7 billion with GE, with the Millennium Challenge Corporation. Have we even ever discussed this, John, the Millennium Challenge Corporation? I think we did some time back. MCC.gov. This is just taxpayer money going to GE to give, the, give Africans electricity. How, I need some electricity. <laughs> this is crazy. It's, it's crazy. So I, you know, I, they they just they they just went screw you, and and we've got Putin on the other hand just you know making jokes and really ridiculing not just of course our president but you know, the, the country all of us in fact you know have you did you see that latest picture of him crouching? No. Oh my God. Let me see if you can... Uh, can, I look, can I look it up under Putin crouching? Yeah, maybe. Let me see Putin. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's, it's like, you know, this is the guy you want as your president. <laughs> you want this guy. Let me see. Putin crouching. I'm looking up on the on the book of knowledge. Here. You got a picture of him in an Aikido outfit. <laughs> no, that's not the one. <laughs> it's funny though. Yeah, no, the, no, there's one there's a new one and he has like his big gun or biceps sticking out, you know, it's like holy crap. Why can't I find this one? Hmm. Well, it's around. But, you know, this, this guy, he's macho, you know? And here he is swimming. <laughs> butterfly. <laughs> of course. And here he is in the woods, shirtless with a, with a, with a Kalashnikov yeah. hunting something in the woods. <laughs> I, I just remember that picture. Here of, he is with a dead tiger. <laughs> remember the picture of our president who was running around the pool in his Crocs with a water yeah, gun? Yeah. I mean, please. <laughs> this, is, this is not good. We are looking pretty silly. Here he is with two dogs, a big giant St. Bernard and a husky <laughs> rolling around in the snow with the dogs. That's right. Biting the dogs. Biting the dogs. And the dogs are hurt. <laughs> All right. A lot of stuff here. I have to play this uh, this clip. Uh, before There's we... a great picture here of Putin in EurasiaForeignPolicy.com of Putin and uh, Obama doing a stare down. And Obama's just like he's leaning over and he's <laughs> he's threatening like, him, and, and Putin's looking at him like he's an idiot. Yeah, really? Like, really? A great, great, great photo. Yeah. Let me, I'll, I'll save that and send yeah. it to you later. I think the, uh, on this uh, day of our independence, we could not be more isolated from, from, from the entire universe. Everyone is hating America right now. Um, and I, and of course, the worst thing is to have the uh, the Chinese and the Russians. I and mean, this is some serious. This is not even Cold War. This is lukewarm war. And the funny thing is, nobody is reporting on it. No one is just calling. No, this is so funny. I know the first thing I thought when I saw this, I you know, I immediately because of, of all the the meddling we did in the Middle East. The first thing you think is some intelligence agency. Then you think American. Then you start looking at it. For five minutes, and you say this yeah. is not none of this is no scheme of ours. <laughs> no. 
So who could it be? It has to be the Russians. And then if you put them together with the Chinese, who are also yeah. irked, and the Russians and the Chinese rarely work together on any level. Well, hold on a second. So, you, know, you know, they just did that huge, you know, quarter, quarter of a trillion dollar oil deal together. So, you know, they are definitely in bed together. Yeah, now they're in bed together business. now, which is dangerous for us. Yes, for the dollar, As you can for see, everything. They just screwed up our <laughs> Egypt scheme. Yeah, and, and it's 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 only the the largest uh, Muslim country in the universe. It's the one that we had have had total control over for decades. And and then they just they just walk right in, put up a bunch of cool signs, done. Yeah, Indonesia is the largest, by the way. Which is pretty huge. Oh, really? Is that true? I didn't know Indonesia was yeah. large. Oh, okay. So anyway, yeah, no, it's a big. It's, it's pretty funny, but it also sends an interesting message to the uh, the other Islamist wannabe, uh, which is the the guy who's uh, Erdogan, who's the head of uh, Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, and they're subject to uh, problems that oh, yeah. may not be caused by us. What are you seeing as the uh, uh, as the possible um, next step for Egypt? Because I'm already seeing everyone uh, put the. I'm seeing mainstream and alternative news. I'll, I'll say, but they're probably just copying mainstream. I'm already seeing them say uh, El Baraday is going to be the guy, and I, I I can't believe that because El Baraday he's the guy that's in the international crisis group. You know, educated uh, in in the U.S. It doesn't seem like. Are they just pushing for this guy to be it? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe to they're me. hoping. Well, yeah, right. They're going to have an election. Right. So that's going to be so the guy who's going to be the guy is going to show up in the during this election period while they have a temporary government. Right. And everybody be happy for a while. And then they're going to elect somebody. And it's going to (laughs) be this is where we're going to have to go in there, obviously, because we know or we by this time, even though uh, everybody was befuddled, I think by now we know what's going on and we and our people have to go in there and try to get somebody elected. But the problem is, is that they were really smart about this and they preempted it by uh, by really highlighting the American ambassador. Uh, I forget her name for a second, but, you know, this is she's been one of the main poster children of this as well. And they're the one that they're calling a horrible bitch and a traitor, <laughs> all this stuff. So, they, so you know, they're gonna have to, we have to put a new ambassador in. I mean, the whole the whole operation is destroyed. We got the USAID. Remember, they they you know, it started with throwing all of the NGO people in jail. Rightly so, by the way. This is all. These are all CIA or the other State Department operations, and this is what we've been doing for decades. And someone's finally calling, finally calling us, uh, calling our bluff. And what turns out now is this president, this administration, is not going to be the worst because uh, they're evil. It's because they're idiotically stupid. They can't even keep a good thing going. Well, it's apparent that uh, Putin's a little sharper on the draw than uh, <sighs> Obama. All right. I, I think I, Obama's too uh, – I don't think he's he's – connected well, well he's, and, he's, he's, he's and he's got all these stooges working for him that are just a bunch of yes men and yeah. lackeys he doesn't have any smart people in yeah, there but john the guy has no experience he was a one-term senator in illinois he bops through he does a great speech in at the 2004 convention and then he's president this was a made man of course he he he, he has no experience he's way out of his league way out of his league what how would he even know what to do he i don't yep. think he'd ever even <laughs> been doesn't. to russia no, he doesn't know what to do. This he, he, again, I feel sad for Barack Obama, the human being, because he's now in this horrible position where everything was like, oh, Yo, you know, just read your lines, don't bump into the furniture, everything's going to be great. You know, you can, it's going to be one awesome party, and and then he gets his 
you know, he gets all this crap, and his mother-in-law's living with him. I mean, jeez. The mother-in-law thing, I, I forgot about that. You're right. That is <laughs> that is just the worst. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, this is not a guy who is a strong male. <laughs> Here, okay, hey, Barack, listen, man, we got some good news and some bad news. Uh, the good news is you're going to live in the White House. Um, the bad news is so is your mother-in-law. And Valerie Jarrett, for that matter. <laughs> They're trying to, the new book came out that they're trying to do damage no, it's not, control. It's not, I don't think it's out yet. I, I know. What oh you're no! Apparently, about. some the, the publisher accidentally shipped it. Oh no! And so, the, of all places where it showed up was at the airport in Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how coincidental! Great how PR campaign. Great PR campaign. So there, uh, everybody in the, the D.C.'s read it. I want to play this clip of the the president in Africa. He did a town hall meeting. And, uh, you know, uh, Miss Molly Wood was here for the past couple of days while Mickey was in uh, in Europe. And she was here Is with Mickey her. Mickey back? Uh, she's coming back tonight. Thank you for asking. And um, so Molly was here with her six-year-old son, uh, Eli, which was kind of fun. I got to practice being, uh, uh, I guess, a, a granddad. Oh, I didn't know that Eli was coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, 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 had, I was prepared, man. I had... I had the slide whistle out, the kazoo, uh, whoopee cushions, walkie talkies, you know, the, the whole deal. I, I am, I, I know how to do this. A few of my listeners got that one. Go on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm here, I'm here with, um, uh, with Miss Molly Wood. You know, she's, you know, I would say she's, um, not Obama bot, but, you know, she has potential, potential to be a bot. Whenever she's here, of course, you know, it's, it's essentially a deprogramming class for her. And I played this clip for her of the president at, a, at this town hall in, uh, I think it might have been Tanzania. And it, even, it, you know, this is, a, uh, this is a, a brain-frying moment for anyone, but certainly if you um, are only just getting hit in the mouth. Africa, we're going to all have to work together to find ways in which collectively... We reduce carbon, but we make sure that there's some differentiation so that countries that are very wealthy uh, are expected to do more, and countries that are still developing, you know, obviously they shouldn't be resigned to poverty simply because, uh, you know, the West and Europe and, and America got there first. So this right, this right here. Before we move any further, this is Agenda Twenty One. This is the whole climate change thing. The whole idea is we have to give up, you know, some of our stuff here in the West to give it over to the poor people with no electricity in Africa. Because you know, the, you've seen the pictures; they got flies on their face. They're eating mush. You know, it's horrible. We have to take care of them. Maggots. Maggots. But here comes the kicker. Because yes, yes. The great hope from America is going to bring you electricity. But there is a small catch, Africans, <laughs> a little one. That wouldn't be fair. But everybody's going to have to do something. Everybody's going to have to make some important choices here. And you know, I expect that it's going to be your generation that helps lead this, because if we don't, it's going to be your generation uh, that suffers the most. Uh, Ultimately, if you think about all the youth that everybody's mentioned here in Africa, if everybody's raising living standards to the point where everybody's got a car and everybody's got air conditioning and everybody's got a big house, uh, well, the planet will boil over. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Let me just get this straight. 
So Africans, you cannot have a car and a big house yeah. and air conditioning because I had the, the same clip, by the way. Oh, right, because the planet will actually boil over. <laughs> it's go- John. We're like lobsters. It's going to boil over. We're all going to die. Is this guy a piece of work or what? You know, he can't. They can't let him go off script. <laughs> I know this is the stupidest thing I've heard for a long time. No, it's it, it's. We not, can't let you have cars and houses or electricity or refrigerators. It's going to boil over on you, so don't expect too much. Yeah, you know, it's like you you can dream, but not you can't really achieve. You know, you you can have. Uh, yeah, the, you can be sure the Chinese aren't saying these. <laughs> no, these. This is so dumb. It is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, well, it's astounding, a, and and I'm ashamed. I'm just. On you know, on what should be a great day of celebration, I'm just ashamed. I'm just ashamed of what is happening. It's sad. Because, I mean, it's so transparent. And the Africans, they're going there like we've seen their signs too. Get out, drone man. <laughs> go away. We don't want to take your Djibouti ass and go. We don't want your drones. We don't want your crap. You know, at least the Chinese have nice trinkets. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, well, I don't think we're that welcome in Africa. It's not, and we're not doing a very good job of promotion or anything. <laughs> and then they get they get snubbed by Mandela. That was the end. Uh, what? But it was what was the snub? It wasn't Mandela himself. It was uh, his no, it was family. the family, but yeah. the people surrounding. But if Mandela, although he's, we assume he's dead, if he were <laughs> alive, he would have probably done the same thing. Yeah. You know, you can't be the drone thing is getting on everyone's nerve. In fact, there's already been a uh, an indictment in Malaysia, I believe, for it. And there's a whole bunch of, uh, of course, RT, again, Russians is another clue that they're out to, you know, screw with him. Yeah. Uh, if you if you watch the network RT, you, there's all this sort of thing. Play the Obama indictment report. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Tomorrow, when Obama lands in South Africa, lawyers have filed for his arrest for genocide. The country that went through apartheid, attack on ethnic groups classed as inferior, charges the Obama administration's now doing the exact same thing. Indiscriminate confinement of Muslims without charge and targeted drone <laughs> attacks on Muslim civilian populations around the globe. I think it's time that the Obama administration hire the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group because, you know, we, it, just give us a channel. Give us MSNBC. I mean, I can't even rate, make Rachel Maddow work for the cause. Anything better than what we're doing right now. This, this RT guys, they're great. How, why, how, wh- here's what I'm, I, I'm watching this stuff. You're playing another clip. This is the Bush prelude. For The way this report was set up is that Bush is an obvious war criminal. We got all the goods on him. <laughs> he can't travel anywhere. He wanted to go to Switzerland, by the way, recently. Right. And, no, and the Swiss could not assure his safety. No. So, so what does he get to do? Oh, paint houses in Africa. Oh, okay. Well, so, it's kind so, of a vacation. Uh, Bush prelude to Obama, which is another RT report by the same character. Civilians were targeted. Um, U.S. soldiers went house to house and took them out and shot them. Um, They shot families crossing the river. Helicopters and snipers shot people. Um, There were uh, unknown numbers, hundreds of people that were killed in Fallujah. God bless America! Then the fourth... Um, violation of the law is the prison camp that the United States maintains at Guantanamo. Um, then the fifth example of law breaking by the Bush administration 
was the illegal spying program, surveillance program, spying on Americans' conversations, and then a data mining program, very much like we've heard about lately from Edward Snowden. And then finally, um, the refusal to uh, fulfill the law. When Congress would pass a law, frequent George W. Bush would sign the law and then attach what we call a signing statement saying, yes, I'm signing this law. But I am only going to follow the parts of it that I agree with. Right, signing statements. Yeah, we haven't really talked much about signing statements. No, but there you can look them up. People can look them up. There's a the, the presidential. There's one <laughs> operation that 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 documents these things pretty well. The hmm. the uh, what's the name of the presidency? The American Presidency Project, and they have uh, they documented the the thing came into its own during the Clinton administration. And everybody just says, this is great. Although Ray, apparently Reagan did signing statements quite a bit. And ha- but not- hasn't Obama done one or threatened to do one? I don't think he's really done any signing statements, has he? Hundreds. Oh, really? I thought he did zero signing statements. No, I got here's one right here. He did it on February 17th, oh, 2009, me. March 11th, March 30th, Mar- May 20th, June 2nd, June 24th, June 24th. And the more interesting oh. one is... Is the uh, and to this day he's doing them? Well, that's weird. That's not being reported on. That's not being reported on at all. How, fact, how is that up, possible? If you, it's amazing, I don't if know you, what, what's going on. If you look up signing statements, you only find very little evidence <laughs> that anyone's documented the Obama ones. But right. Obama, the one that got me is I was reading the assignments, the signing statement on signing the Supplemental Appropriations Act in two thousand nine, and there is a uh, he has a little zinger in here at the end. His signing statements are interesting because he says, I'm signing this law. This is essentially what he's saying. He doesn't say it in so many words, but this is what he's saying. I'm signing this law because I'm great. <laughs> oh, okay. So then, then he puts his Don't you agree? So then he puts his zingers in. For example, on this one, June 24, 2009, I looked this one up. Uh, this is Obama's words. However, provisions of this bill within Section 1110 to 1112 of Title uh, 11 and Sections 1403 and 1404 of Title 14 would interfere with my constitutional authority, which is the key words in signing right, statements. His constitutional authority. His constitutional authority to conduct foreign relations by directing the executive to take certain positions when negotiations are doing and goes on. And I, I – Look this up very carefully. This was his mandate to continue to arrest and and, and incarcerate at Gitmo. So he's huh. been on this. Yeah, if you really look into this, this yeah. all has to do with Gitmo. So he is saying that, look, because apparently they're trying to get Gitmo, even though he's blaming everybody else for wanting to keep Gitmo going. Uh, he's in this situation is saying, I want to I want to have these powers to do foreign relations, to be able to grab somebody and throw them in the Gitmo. I don't want to have that taken away from me, and that's what this all says. I, I, and this was in June 24, 2009. This is unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the most recent signing statement for the National Defense Authorization Act for 2013. It's like four pages. I had no idea. this. Wasn't this one of the things he said he wouldn't do, that he wouldn't do... Signing statements, or or did I? Did, am I confusing that I don't with, with line saying that, line but... item vetoes? I didn't. This is never published. I, I never hear about this. Yeah, and they're wow. all bad. Yeah, well, not, essentially, like this. Just woman got more said, to read the Bush now. Cases, the signing statement says, "Here's the law. I'm going to sign it, 
but I'm not going to enforce it the way it's written. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, but not only that, but also like, but you know, I'm I'm kind of above it. I'm uh, you know, this is not the way it should be. Everyone's stupid. That's what I'm reading here. Just in in reading one page or one one paragraph of this stuff. Oh, I didn't He's know gotten that. very verbose. <laughs> this is actually now on your radar, which means it's a, a symbol. I'm giving it to you because this is executive orders. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I on love. A higher, <laughs> on a higher end. <laughs> this, yeah, this is the this is the executive order behind the executive order. I can't yeah. I can't believe that I have that I haven't seen all of this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, because apparently you were under the false impression that he wasn't going to pull this crap. I thought that was one of his promises. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm confusing it with line well, item vetoes. He had vetoes. so many promises. How can you keep track of these things? <laughs> I, I just don't want to take off my shoes. So anyway, so RT go. So RT gave us a little tip there, which I appreciate. So they go on and they start ragging on Obama about because he's first they they outline Bush being the horrible person that he is, and then the next thing to do. This is a form of propaganda, of course, and the Russians are really good at it. Is to is to first you create this horrible person, George Bush. Who can't leave the country and right. probably doesn't care to, by the way, right. can't leave the country. And then you as associate him with Obama. So anyone who is <laughs> a Bush hater, because where's the impeach Obama bumper stickers that were all over the right. place with impeach Bush? Right. So play uh, RT rags on Obama, just a straight up one. Okay, yeah, here we go. What people don't realize is that there's been a war for four years. They fought a war down through Sudan and Ethiopia and into Somalia. Who's this? Is this Clooney? No, this is no, it's not Clooney. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like, sounds like Clooney, doesn't it? Yeah. And then they tell us in the news that there's been a, a terrible drought and 250,000 people have died. When in fact, what had happened is that all the food supply and all the water supply was basically wiped out. And so they're left to die in the desert because now they're going and developing the oil fields in this new country created, South Sudan. And, uh, and then when it comes to, uh, to war crimes using uh, mess weapons of mass destruction, I mean, the depleted uranium lined Hellfire missiles, and this is a fact. Uh, they're fired from Predator and Reaper drones. They deliver at least 10 kilograms of depleted uranium, which permanently contaminates the target areas. So when you go back in there, you're guaranteed, if you spend too much time, to get some form of, uh, of, of horrific cancer that will kill you between uh, 10 and 15 years. That's how poisonous this stuff is. And we've got a lot of our soldiers around this stuff that are dying, but they don't talk a lot about it. It's like, the, it's like, it's like our generation's Agent Orange. I call him Obama the odious. Then you've also got the secret kill list by Obama. You've got the legal wars in Libya and elsewhere. You've got uh, uh, he started the covert war in uh, in Yemen and and basically deposed another uh, leader in that country. And you know what they've done so well with this RT outfit is they've taken this. Uh, what's the girl's name from uh, Oakland or is she from New Jersey or where's she yeah, from? She's from Oakland, Abby. Abby, yeah. So they take her and and and, and by the way, she is. I have, I'm sorry to say, she's a moron. I mean, I've, I've seen her speak on camera and off camera, and she, and she has a hard time, by the way, walking and talking at the same time. You literally I can see that. I'll, I'll, I'll bring this, if I can find it, I'll bring it for Sunday. I still think I have it. Where she says some of the dumbest stuff <sighs> I have ever heard. She's on somebody's podcast. And yes, yeah, you know, I, I think you, I think you, I don't think we had that clip, but we didn't play it or something. I think you, yeah, uh, you told I think me we about had, it. didn't play it. But it's unbelievable. it's unbelievable. So she's she's you know sexy in a in a, in a I mean it's not not my type at all. But I can see where guys like oh yeah, and she's you know she's talking kind she's of little sexy in a sultry kind of a sultry yeah, nice. and she's you know she's like a little bit of Alex Jonesy without the seed sale. 
you know, kind of all the, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's, it kind of floats in between. Yeah, and they got all works. these interesting characters who they bring in on Skype. And so there's enough there to make it look kind of like an alternative news when really it's just pure propaganda. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that's just and really I said all that amazing. Is. Sorry. No, no, that's it. No, no, no. It truly is amazing. It truly is. And, 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 and then I look at what we're doing and I was like, wow, pathetic. I mean, we really have absolutely no we game. Have Ed Schultz. We, <laughs> wow. Hold on. Let me just buzz, let me buzz ourselves off for that. <laughs> yeah, that's how pathetic it is. Or Toure. Oh, <laughs> we got we got us some Toure and Don Lemon. I mean, come on, people. How are we ever going to win this war against our own people? Hire us. Hire us, please. Ragging on Obama number two, and then we'll be done with this little. This okay. craziness. Hold on a second. Let me just grab it here. <laughs> here we go. And the comparative to the South African public is you didn't condone it then. Why must you allow it to happen on an international basis now? And so this is a genocide, uh, a torture, a, a perpetuated campaign against people of the Muslim faith. One of the judges in a Pakistani high court judgment that we've attached to our complaint uh, has declared the drone attacks to be illegal. Uh, and has asked the UN to investigate it. He seems to want to joke about the drone attacks. He's recorded as having said at one of his balls held in the US that if any person's had designs on his daughters, he's got predator drones. But uh, boys don't get any ideas. I have two words for you. Predator drones. You will never see it coming. You think I'm joking? Yeah, hey, hold on a second. They're taking our material now. Yeah, they are. This is <laughs> this is not good. I think it's amazing. That, I mean, uh, interesting the way they're trying to make it sound as if he's at one of his balls. Yeah. And this is and he's <laughs> one so of, cavalier. One of, one of his many balls. <laughs> one of his many balls, which makes it sound like he's partying all the time. Which he is. He got Carol King at the White House last week. I mean, he's always living it up and partying. Yeah, and Come so, on. which is a good image to, for the opposition for the russians to portray him <laughs> and because they're just nailing him now the one yeah. i forgot this one other one which is the one the war war crimes overview from malaysia which is talking about all of this stuff put together and this is where they indicted him okay the court said commanders were responsible for war crimes their subordinates committed but the chamber suddenly backtracked the u.s felt they were getting too close to their own commanders a Malaysian court already found George W. Bush and his deputies guilty of torture and war crimes. At the trial, Mahathir Mohamed, Malaysia's ex-premier, heard from victims and witnesses and was blunt. These are basically murderers, and they kill on a large scale. The eight convicted <laughs> were... John Yu, Newsweek reports he advised Bush that whole villages can be legally, quote, massacred. The dean of Yale Law School called Jay Bybee's infamous torture memo the most erroneous legal opinion he has ever read. The National Lawyers Guild filed a complaint over William Haynes' recommendations for so-called stress positions and use of dogs against prisoners. Newsweek notes Richard Cheney's lawyer, David Addington, penned the key memorandum that the Geneva Convention doesn't apply to them. Alberto Gonzalez wrote that the laws against torture are, quote, obsolete and quaint. 
The Senate Armed Services Committee reports Donald Rumsfeld approved the, quote, aggressive techniques used in Guantanamo and black sites around the world. Richard Cheney told the Washington Times he, quote, signed off on the so-called enhanced interrogations. I don't care what the international lawyers say, we're going to kick the said Bush, notes counter-terrorism head Richard Clark. The world's leading war crimes lawyer was on that prosecution team. Francis Boyle sent President Milosevic to The Hague in 2001. Yeah, these guys are good. And they got a lot of outfits. They've got, uh, this, you heard it quoted in that article, Washington Times. Yeah. This is a great name for a publication, by the way. Because you think of Washington Post, Washington, well, it's Washington Times. And it's just, it's propaganda. It's a total propaganda outfit. It's well, it's they're definitely well uh, putting well the, the pressure on the on these guys. I, by the way, the clip before that, <clears throat> I thought they're they're going to try to do this. This guy threw it in. I don't. You may have missed it. You probably heard it subliminally, which is he threw in this 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 this. What do we call Obama? Obama the odious. Oh, I didn't hear that. What does odious mean exactly? Well, just look it up. It's like the worst, the world's worst person. <laughs> Hold on a second. Look up odious. No, it's called, and it's, they Ex- call him Obama the odious. Extremely unpleasant and repulsive. <laughs> Synonyms hateful, obnoxious, detestable, loathsome, and abominable. Yeah, I think so, that would so kind I, of sum it up. I, I think you're gonna. I think there's gonna crop up Obama the odious. I so like that. Obama it's pushing it though. Obama. It's pushing it. Did you These hear Russians are? Did you hear about this out, other trial? They're, they're through. They're through being cool. Oh no no no! This all out now. It's all out war. And the crazy thing is, not a single not a single outfit is is acknowledging it. No one is saying, "Hey man, you know we're under attack." <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're yeah. under attack by the Russians yeah. and the Chinese together. Did you hear about this uh, about this other trial? This this uh, the, the big one? No. Um, and before you go to that, though, I want to say why is RT even on the American cables? I mean, doesn't you know why? Is, do we have a, a channel over there? Uh, well, oh, yeah, had, C, C, CB, C, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we have NBC. Uh, NBC. NBC. I'm sure we have MSNBC over there, and they're all laughing at Rachel Maddow. Ha ha ha, comrade! Look at the Dykeski. Ha 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 ha! What an idiot! <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> the court hereby finds the defendants Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak guilty. <laughs> Telling slaves the truth, and our sentence is 72 hours of Pierce Morgan. <laughs> Court is now adjourned. <laughs> Do we have the best people in the universe producing our show, or what? <laughs> so, uh, by the way, it was funny. I just had a Pavlovian reaction because at the beginning it starts with <clears throat> right, and you went. And- <clears throat> And every time I hear that, I, I'm waiting to hear bullshit. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> bullshit. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all the ships that see boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And to our artists who are always working hard. We had an unbelievable amount of art for the previous episode. Uh, you can find it all at noahartgenerator.com. And uh, we thank R.J. Hegedus, uh, Sir R.J., who uh, uh, graciously, uh, I think he provided artwork for two shows in a row by some crazy coincidence of 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 genius artwork it's just been very good uh, but nick the rat we do love you 
I can see Nick going like, "Freaking Russia, newbies!" Hey, the noobs coming in, man. Mark JJ kind of thinks the same, but Nick the Rat for sure because he's the most active of our traditional artists. Martin JJ, he it hasn't happened enough to him that he's put stuff up and something else got chosen. He's pissed off yet, but I can see Nick is yeah, totally. Because like, hey man, I started doing all that crap, man. You know that we had so much art uh, sent in that I think that, that what happened was somebody in some artist forum oh, it said, "Hey, it, these guys right. are publishing. You can use it as a as a cheap, oh, uh, yeah, as a, a, a cheap way to promote yourself." That's, why I'm, that's the only reason it would jump yeah, that much. I mean, possible. it went from like ten to fifty. Yeah, it's possible. I, 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 yeah, could be. Yeah, well. Do we have, uh, we have? I'm sure we have some producers that we can thank here today, John. Yeah, we do. Uh, and the, just as you say that, I, it was just <laughs> one the of spreadsheet up. closed. Oh no, we have. Uh, I'm not quite sure how this happened, but I'd, I would like to uh, profusely apologize to Baronetess uh, Dame Janice Kang. <clears throat> I went back and listened to um, our, our last episode, and it was very interesting how because you know we have this. We both have identical spreadsheets. And we're doing the uh, the executive producers associate executive producers, and we go for and we literally talk about one, and then we skip right over her. And I don't know why. And I'm trying to figure out what. Yeah, you're supposed to be my backup. I know, and I think it's because there were two dames in a row or something. There was there, it was it was very very weird. And and I apologize. And uh, and she had put in three hundred and thirty three dollars and thirty three cents, which I think was also the identical number of the other uh, uh, executive producer who was on uh, on. Sunday show. So really, really sorry. And I will read her note. Dear Speed Racer and Chim Chim. Am I Speed Racer or are you Chim Chim or what do you think? I have no idea. I meant to send this last month, but roofing repairs depleted my ITM funds. Please send karma and shake the rain sticks for California. Mutton and mead for the masses. Baronet Hess, Janice Kang from Mill, Mill Penuts. Milpanuts. That's <laughs> what she says. Milpanuts. In uh, that's uh, she's in uh, Mil Milpitas. Milpitas. Yeah. So she says Milpanuts, California. So I'm going to uh, g- grab the rain stick while you hit some uh, karma here. You've got karma. And thank you very much for the support. We highly appreciate. And she'll be uh, an executive producer today. Uh, correct. Yeah, and we're going to probably give her one for the, the Sunday. The people that didn't, a lot of people came in uh, that we, well, one, not a lot, her and also Ron uh, in uh, Holland came in for the Thursday show, and they were going to get double pro- producership, so we're going to give them the today and Sunday. So I, I, don't, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I really don't understand what you're talking about. I, maybe I'm not being clear. <laughs> no. I'll explain it later. Okay. But she knows what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. Because uh, we had double producerships for anyone who gave us uh, over $200 over the last couple of shows. Yeah, I know. I've, I, I got the whole list from uh, from, from the shill. I've, I've, I've got, yeah, I know. Uh, I saw that list. Yeah. Uh, that, those will be on the uh, uh, website. We're not, we credits. don't have to name them yeah. all. Show we, notes, yeah. Good. But we do want to thank our executive producers. We have a few today. For today's show, Fourth of July, we're working. We're working Fourth of July live. Hey, yes, David Burneff in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, 
66669, and he says he's got an email. Let me see if he does. Do. You are an <sighs> We're so well prepared on this show, aren't we? And we do everything. We do things in real time, so this sort of thing happens. Why do we do things in real time? Because we're we're we, we're not. Why we do what we do? Time? That's what the show is. It's real time. We're doing the show on the fly. We okay. the show is not rehearsed. It's not. You know, we in, we com- compete with the clips and all the rest, and so yeah. this is part of it. And we just get the things in late at night. By the way, and everyone who got in after midnight, you'll be called out on on Sunday. Uh, and then we we have these situations like this. I didn't know that he said that. And when I go look in my email, there's no note. Oh come on! I must have a note. Burnf B U R N E F F. No, I got the via PayPal thing, but there's no no attached note. So uh, that didn't work out. Back to the spreadsheet. Where are you? Anyway, we'll say if he has a note, we'll read it some other time because it was a good amount of money. Probably knighthood coming. Big ass blonde in San Antonio, Texas, five twenty-seven. Happy Fourth! I figured you deserve some overtime pay for working on the holiday. Oh man, I can't wait to see her again. And she's also the uh, the the sole five two seven club member on today's uh, best podcast oh, in the universe. Indeed, she is. And uh, I can't wait to see her. She's in San Antonio, I think, uh, but she'll be coming back uh, to Austin, I'm sure, in the neighborhood. And it's nice because you know she is. A big ass blonde. I, it's not really all that big, actually. It's kind of nice. Well, <laughs> Just, depends on your perspective. I've never seen her. Butt. I well, I have. Miss Mickey has seen it too, and we agree. Oh, we have a. Do, do we have a? We need a, th- a third person for the butt panel. <laughs> yes, we need. We need you to uh, confirm uh, the butt panel. Yes, anytime you can drop by and check out her butt, that would be fine. Ron, okay, Shu Yen, Shu Yen, Shu Yen, Shu Yen. Let Tell me, me how to see. Uh, I I don't uh, I don't have him on my list. What are you talking about? It's number four on the on the spreadsheet. Uh, number four on my spreadsheet is big ass blonde. Number four on your spot. We just did David Burnf, and then big ass ass blonde would be the second person on the list. I'm telling you. Okay, so who's number one then? Baronetess, yeah, number one is name. Number two, if you're looking at cell numbers, Baronetess Janice Kang. Number three, David Burniff. Number four, Big Ass Blonde. Then I have Dame Francine Hardaway. Well, you must have not loaded the last spreadsheet. Well, you can pronounce it for me. S-C-H-U-T-J-E-N-S. You should get the newer spreadsheet because it's got a bunch of checks in it. Was Was there a new one? It says spreadsheet with checks. Oh, okay. Well, that came in at eleven oh three. I'm not. Lo- I'm not looking at my email by that time. I'm. I'm. I'm playing the fat bitch. I'm. I'm, I'm rolling the show. Hey, I don't. We don't need excuses. I just want the <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, spell it again for me. S C H U T J E N S. S C H U I T or U? No, no. S C H U T T J E N S. Schutjes. Schutjens. 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 Holy mackerel. I wouldn't, that's impossible. Schutjens. You can say it. Schutjens. 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 Can't be done. It, it, it can be done. You can do it, John. Come on. You can I'll do, do it. it. I'll do it. I'm going to start. I'm going to now take that. I'm going to, you know, uh, buzz or uh, buzz, not buzz kill, but uh, Eric the Shill. Shill kill. Shilkill sent me a for Christmas or my birthday, one of the two. Oh, for no. my birthday, how to speak Dutch, a bunch of discs, and I'm gonna just have to. I'm gonna have to do it. Uh, you know, he loves you. That's clear. I, even, He's in Sweet Lake City. Where's Sweet Lake City? 
Uh, oh, Soetermeer. Oké, okay, I get it. Oh. Schutjens, ja. Yeah. Ron, Ron Schutjens in Sweet Lake City. That would be Zoetermeer, Sweet Lake City. No. Well, that's, uh, wow, that's nice. It's nice anyway, to get such a in, good donation. In, this was a, uh, was, a, was, we, we passed them. He needs to be on Sunday, too. He sent us a, this was a direct deposit with a wire transfer. Wow, with IBAN and the whole thing? Yeah, I wow. guess. All right. Um, and then he has to say, uh, well, he doesn't really say. New listener, four to five months, and urge to donate was finally too much after I read in the last newsletter about the double producership, Yay. which you'll get on Sunday, yeah. and show on my birthday. Oh. I can't think of a better present than listening to a live NA show on the 4th of July. So put him on the birthday list. Okay. And uh, maybe you should do the birthday list since you're so good at pronouncing his name. Very funny. <laughs> The more, most peculiar thing happened to me about a month ago where I got the phishing and malware warning using Chrome while checking my Gmail. Is this a mistake or is Google becoming more transparent to people about their own spying program? <laughs> I wonder. Screenshot will be sent later. Uh, I right want to end by noting I got some problems with trying hitting my girlfriend in the mouth. An example is when I told her it's important to be critical when reading and listening to any kind of report. This backfired <laughs> in such a way that for two whole weeks she would not accept any statement <laughs> or argument whatsoever if I was not able to provide proof from at least three independent sources reviewed, signed, and reviewed again. I think it's time for a new girlfriend. Yeah, I think so, too. But he needs some job karma, and then uh, he'll be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for your support. You've got karma. And he was in with 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I can nice. see more 3, 4, 5, 6, 7s. Dame Francine Hardaway's here at 333.69. She's been doing a Google Glass. I've seen her on uh, on the Google Plus. It's pretty funny. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see. She's that. doing selfies. Selfies in the mirror. <laughs> uh, selfies. I forgot that's that what it was called. Selfies. Yeah. When did that become a thing? I don't know. It's when did when did it become? It's, hello. That's uh, right. You're not on Facebook. That's all that Facebook is. Should be face selfie book. That's all that it is. <laughs> selfie. Book. That's all. And I everyone's going to get a big one, big fat arm from holding the camera out and shooting pictures of themselves. I mean, even the, it's even been a whole thing in the Zimmerman trial where the lawyer, the prosecutor, was it the defendant or whoever, you know, did a selfie with his daughters and eating an ice cream, going like, "Yeah, we nailed it today." And you know, it's this crazy. The whole universe has become their own reality show of insanity. Yeah, that's pretty pathetic. True. All right, onward. Francis and Nancy Nancy McClure are giving a uh, a three thirty three thirty three. Let me see if I find that. They have a note here. Uh, and they're, they're from Texas, I think, right? Yep, Glanberry, a Granberry, Granberry, Cranberry, Grand Granberry, Granberry. This is for the Fourth of July show. Hope the check makes it in time. I don't trust PayPal. They are never wrong, so I'm sending by mail. I would like to donate this in the name of my son, James McClure, who lives in Austin. Yay. We met Adam on the Hot Pockets tour and are happy to call him a fellow Texan now. Right on. Yeah. So anyway, thanks to them. Uh, Sir Random Hillbilly in Wilkins, West Virginia. You're, that's where you used to be from. 33333. 33, 33. Yeah, not exactly uh, Wilkins, but yeah. Sir Random Hillbilly. I don't know if I can just move this stuff here and close this. So Random Hillbilly, um, uh, warning others that the Portland to West Virginia migration is beginning. 
Oh, in other words, they're getting hipsters in oh, West Virginia. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's tough. It's going to be tough. You guys can endure it, though. You Just let them, just make sure there's a good supply of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Stephen Fettig at 333 in Darien, Wisconsin. Please give a shout out to Ramsey and the No Agenda CD Project. Remember, that's also available as a podcast. Check out noagendacd.com. Keep hitting him in the mouth. Yeah, I also wanted to mention that they, because I got a note from uh, Ramsey, they have a special uh, pipeline CD episode, and it is also available at noagendacd.com. This is, if you want to hit someone in the mouth, this is the place to go because they've got all kinds of one, two, you know, two and a half minute clips of real nuggets that we've done and some longer episodes, but real, really it's just specific little pieces of, you know, it's, it's our version of a giblet, really. And it's good, I, and it's it's a good place to go if you want to just send someone a link to something uh, no agenda related and to get them into the show. Francis Lambert in Zabak, Croatia, or Zabak. Ah, uh, hey, welcome, two, welcome to the European Union. Two, yeah, good luck. Two four three four three. <laughs> I'm a French Canadian married to a Bosnian, living in Croatia, working in Germany. Wow, uh, and you're still alive. <laughs> I'm a I'm a change consultant and speak five languages. I've been listening since show 500 and thought it appropriate to give you some well-deserved value back. What are looking you, forward to the next 43 episodes? What do you think? So that's, you got two, he's been in 43 episodes, so it's 43. Right. Get it? What, so, what, what, uh, what is a change consultant? What do you think that is? Well, that's what we're going to find out because we're asking him now to explain himself in an email and then we'll uh, go from there because he sounds like a valuable asset it does. to the show. It does. So- sounds like kind of an economic hitman type guy, five languages. You know, he's from Croatia. French-Canadian. Yeah, working in Germany. Um, this is one of our dudes. Married to a Bosnian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spy. <laughs> spy. What, for Canada? <laughs> no, I think he's married to a spy. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Bosnian, yeah, maybe. Uh, Jerry Zach in Electra, Texas. I, I love the name of that town, by the way. There's two towns in Texas I like. One is Electra, and the other one I think is called Atomic. You don't like Lagrange? No. Two thirty-three sixteen. I mean, I like the town, but I like. I'm talking about the name of the right, town. Lagrange it. is not right. interesting. Okay. Atomic is two thirty-three sixty-nine. Uh, ITM gents from Bone Dry, Electra, Texas. <laughs> Give him the f- some stick there. Oh, hold on. Yeah. I didn't have the stick handy. Uh-oh. It has been so nice. It's been 92 degrees every single day. It's just been beautiful here. It's, it, I'm telling you, this global cooling is fantastic. Yeah, normally it'd be hotter than that, oh, wouldn't it? Norm- well, we did have a few days. Um, let's see. Was it last Friday and Saturday? It was like 104 you know, 100 uh, yeah, that's to 110, and then and then all of a sudden it was like boom, down to 90s, and at night it's like 78, 77 degrees. <laughs> and this is the summer in Texas. I'm you know, okay. People don't believe me. I get people emailing me for, or texting me even from the Netherlands. Man, how you doing in that heat? We hear America's on fire. You're burning up this global warming is going to kill us all. I'm like. <laughs> no, it's like it's beautiful here. What? You, of course, you know they they hear about the fires in uh, uh, in Arizona. We've had fires, we've had yeah, fires we, since I was a little kid. Yeah, well, of course, there was nineteen firefighters who died. And, you know that, no, that that's a bad that's thing. that's a very bad. But they've thing. been dying in these things for since I was a little kid too. Colin Sloman in London, 
UK, 200 bucks. He'll be our last associate executive producer. Live from Glastonbury, the slaves are getting their music fixed with mac and cheese. See photos sent to by email. You rock and producer Colin Sloman. Yeah, there was a um, there was some kind of like mac and cheese. It was actually a very sad statement about the United States at this Glastonbury, which is the big rock, big festival, multi day festival. And I had this like kind of American diner type thing, and it was really the most gaudiest. And almost like a like a caricature of America, this this booth, and you know, and they were selling mac and cheese on top of it all. It's, it's, it's you know, this is our true this is our true export. You know, we used to be known for country and western and jazz and and all kinds of you know rhythm and blues, rhythm and blues and technology. You know, and now it's hey. Mac and cheese. Wow, that's great. You Americans are fantastic. We love your mac and cheese. <laughs> that is pathetic. So sad. So sad. Well, you- we want to thank these are our executive and associate executive producers for show 527. Want to uh thank them for uh, helping us get through the 4th of July since we're working today. Yep. And remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, Dvorak, uh, channel Dvorak.com slash NA, or no agenda show, no agenda nation.com, and click on the donate button there. <laughs> it's better. It would be, I think the previous one was out of phase. This one's a little better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting I I've got the three three nine El Cerrito, but I can't quite remember the uh, the P, the the zip code yet. Nine four five nine four five three zero. Is that it? I don't know. Do you even know what it is? Nine four five three zero. Nine four five three zero. Okay. And of course, as always, Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And uh, just a quick PR mention outside of NoAgendaCD.com. Uh, there's a link in the show notes to the no, uh, Team No Agenda Racing. Um, and then we now have three uh, three riders, John, on Team No Agenda. We have three, uh, <laughs> we we have, have three dri- riders. They're dri- yeah, still motorcycles. Yeah, we, we haven't moved up to... Uh, Formu- NASCAR, yeah. We're not at Formula One yet, but, but no, but this is this is a serious. Uh, and so we, so the video is three onboard cameras of the No Agenda Racing Team, and um, you know, we, I think we have a pretty good shot of. of uh, we need know. to get one of these NASCAR trucks to just put the No Agenda <laughs> sticker on there. I, you know, we also have. Uh, I think we're going to be represented at the Tour de France uh, this summer with some uh, No Agenda riders. You know, we're. We're expanding. We're expanding our yeah, empire. We, we got to get some. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. So link in the show notes for that, and of course uh, for everything else. And thank you so much to our uh, executive producers and associate executive producers. And of course, we'll have them listed along with the double credits for everyone from the previous two episodes. And on Sunday, we. What are you doing? Nothing. I had a six-year-old here who makes less noise than you do when I'm talking. Go on. So we'll have everything listed in the uh, in the show notes, and these are real credits. You can use them for a number of uh, things, such as um, getting jobs. Uh, value it's a it's a very valuable possession, and uh, and uh, we'll vouch for you if necessary. Yeah, no, it's a real deal. Yeah, it's it's no joke. People are like, what am I going to? I see all the time people with uh, with this at their uh, the bottom of their in their email signature, you know, executive producer. Yeah. No, no agenda show, and you and you don't even have to put the episode there. I, I wouldn't do that, by the way. I just say exec or associate executive producer. Yeah, just put it right fine. in. There. Good to go. Yeah, and and put it on your LinkedIn. It's it's been proven. That's a little bit, you know, and and leave out the details, which is very Hollywood like. Yeah, yeah. 
you know. Yeah. But you put them in your LinkedIn profile. This is facts. It has been known to attract people to your profile. Be like, oh, that's interesting. He was an executive. Starlets. <laughs> yes, starlets and coke dealers will show up at your door. It's fantastic. You can always go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Go someplace and shoot yourself. Shut up, Slee. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've, everyone's been busy for us here. I'm working very, very hard on that. Uh, Making sure we have everything we need to produce the best podcast in the universe. And, of course, we will be thanking uh, more people later on during our uh, our thank you segment. So where are we right now? Oh, yes. Uh, we were talking about, uh, we had that piece from RT about the drones. And I was, uh, I'm not quite sure, maybe if we listen to this together, maybe you can tell me why this is happening. NBC aired an interview with a drone operator. Did you, by any chance, happen to see this? No, I think I saw a teaser for it, but I never did. I I, I, I don't understand why they would allow this guy, you know, in, unless, there's, unless they're working for the Russians, <laughs> to embarrass this administration. Uh, I, I think we should listen to it together because it was shocking to hear what this guy had to say. I operated the camera. So, like, the camera... Uh, zoom in, zoom out, make sure that everyone can see a good picture, make sure it's in focus, uh, guide the laser, shoot the spot tracker. Uh. How clear are the resolution? How clear are these images? It's pretty clear, depending on like atmospherics and how, uh, what your elevation is at, uh, it can be pretty clear. We're just sitting there, um, and we're like, okay, these guys are obviously bad guys, you know? The guy in the back hears the sonic boom when it reaches him. And he runs forward. We were actually told to get the two guys in front, worry about the guy in the back. There's, some, there's a clue for us right there. When you hear the sonic boom, it's too late. <laughs> that means the hellfire has been shot. Did you know this, that these things create a sonic boom? These yeah, well, they're going missiles? at faster than the speed of sound. They would make a pop. Wow. Later, follow him to wherever he goes. Guy in the back runs forward between the two, and we strike all three of them. Uh, and the guy that was running forward... Um, when the smoke clears, there's a crater there. He's missing his right leg, and I watch this guy bleed out. And, and it's clear enough that I, I watch him. He's grabbing his leg, and he's rolling. Like, I can s almost see the agony on this guy's face. And eventually, this guy becomes the same color as the ground that he bled upon. And, uh... So he what, kind of what, what is this? This is and this is what I was saying. I was blown away by this. This is NBC. They put this on the air. It's disgusting. NBC News. Oh, it, it gets better. You ready? I go. You watch him die. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and and I will say, I know drone operators who were involved, who've been involved in the business, who have left the business because this is. Has to be one of the worst jobs in the world, you know. And they're civilians; they're not. They're not even, um, uh, you know, in in the armed forces. They're civilians operating this. How people right, say which that. makes them liable. Yeah, well, we've talked about that. Before. Yeah, there's that. At, uh, drone strikes are like mortar attacks, uh, artillery. Well, artillery doesn't see this. Artillery doesn't see the result of their their actions. It's really more intimate for us because we see everything. We see the before action, or before action and then after. And so I watched this guy 
I watched him bleed out. I watched the result of, I guess, collectively it was our action, but ultimately I'm the re responsible one who guides the missile in. So when did you start feeling bad about this program and why? Why did it start to eat away at your... Because I lost that respect for life. So you'd become an assassin? I, I'd become heartless. I'd become, and, and it, it like... You felt like you were a hitman now. Not, not necessarily. I just felt like uh, uh, a sociopath, actually, if you want to say that. I, I wanted to kill these people. Not, these were bad guys. These, I mean, we had their, a list of their accomplishments underneath them, but instead of being like, man, I, like, these guys need to die, but I'm really sad that we have to execute extreme measures, I was like, man, I can't wait for these guys to die. When I left the third SOS, they gave me a, a sheet of paper. Um, that said had all my you know accomplishments on it and they handed me this paper so of all the missions combined either notice that the paper probably actually said accomplishments so he he, he hates he hates the word but it, he said that in the way that oh here's all your accomplishments directly fired shots buddy lasers helped uh bombs drop from aircraft that i guided in Insurgents, raids, people that were captured. It was 1,626 total people killed on every mission that I've ever been on. How did you feel when you, you saw that piece of paper and it written there, 1,626 dead people? Uh, disgusted with myself, actually. I couldn't believe this was on NBC. I couldn't believe it was on anything. So, uh, okay, so we got a couple interesting things here. One, they keep pushing the, the, the leading the witness with it. You felt like an assassin. Right. You felt like a yep. hitman. Exactly. A lot so of leading trying, the witness. Exactly. They're trying to get that mm -hmm. out of him. He never said mm -hmm. that. He just mm -hmm. says he felt like a nutball. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I don't know if you notice, what he says, first of all, it starts off with, we know he's a bad guy, so we can kill him, which is, of course, you know, extra judicial. In other words, you're the court you're the executioner yes. you know, use yes. remotely it's <clears throat> bull crap by the way you don't know anything about these people you can't it's pot impossible but then he mentioned the one thing he says and he used the word accomplishments again but this is the first time he uses it he, he says when he was shooting he says he knew because their accomplishments were underneath them remember that line yeah that means on his heads up display what he's saying, as far as I can tell, there's oh, nothing... Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, when he was talking about seeing them on the display. I, you know, to me, I got the visual of that being like a like a War of War... Uh, War of World... World of War... Whatever that game is. World of Warcraft. Yeah, where you get someone's accomplishments when you have them in your sights. Well, I've never played World of Warcraft. I, mean, I can't even pronounce it, <laughs> let alone play it. But that, that's how, that was the visual I got when I heard him say that. Well, I got the visual that on the screen... There was like a little thing underneath the guy that was tracking the guy with his name and what he had done, all and, these yeah, murders. Yeah, and his accomplishments. Yeah, his, which, by the way, was not an accomplishment. <laughs> but wait a minute. The bad guy's accomplishment or this guy's accomplishment? Both. Okay. These are accomplishments. <laughs> it's score, you mean basically high score is what you're saying? So, well, no, the point is I think is like you, you're, got, you're driving the – this is what – somebody's got to explain this, some drone pilot. But it sounds, the way he's describing it is he's got these guys in his sight. 
And underneath them, the little little thing comes up, identifying them, saying, "This right. is Bill, right. and he <laughs> murdered a, an old lady, <laughs> and this is Jim, and he murdered his son." Uh-huh. And and right underneath them, as they move around, because you can see it in real time, the guy walking, and, and the little thing underneath him moves with them, and they're good to go once they're they're identified, right, right. good to kill, right. <laughs> but but it's like this. This seems very sketchy. I don't care how how pretty the picture is. It's still a video image from from fifteen thousand feet or whatever those things are at. That's the other. Well, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the visuals are quite good. Um, when you know you you look at the, some of the technology of Gorgon Stare and all this stuff. Yeah, I understand I, that. Then they got the adaptive optics and they do all yeah, these really cool things. Yeah, but yeah. you're still talking about a desert environment with a lot of motion in the air. Yeah. There is things moving because the air is unstable, and so it's it's. Got, it, I don't see it being a really sharp image. I see it seeing a wiggly image. Mm. Uh, well, um, I think well, probably when they're teeing him up and getting ready for the strike, that's when it may not be the clearest. But after the strike, they can you know have their other um, their their. I mean, I, I don't think they may have multiple drones doing multiple things. Yeah, you know, and and uh, we'll find out because I we know people they'll they'll let us know <clears throat> specifically about this question because I know you know people who have left the program because their job was to go and retrieve images after the strike and could just was messed up it's just stupid you know it's like oh here's someone else's accomplishment. And funny thing, this guy didn't bring up the double tap, which is the well. This is only a piece of the interview, so um, I haven't seen. The entire thing. This is the only piece that I got, and so there may, there may be more to it. Okay. But now that I think about it, it sounds more like this is a great propagandistic thing. Where, yeah, for who? For for the drone program. I think you're right. You know, it, it, it was reinforcing the well. It's a bad guy. It's clearly a bad guy. You know, so he's got to die. And you know, but they, oh yeah, sure. You know, I watched him bleed out, and it's. It, it, I don't know. It, I'm sure if if we had uh, someone who knows what they're talking about and we really really could analyze this there's a lot of programming in here that may may actually be positive. Well, I think it's disgusting. Well, of course it is, but it's almost like you know like the whole conversation now about Mr. Snowden, Edward J. Mr. Snowden is about whether he's a traitor or not, and not about whether we're being spied on by our own government. This is what you do. This is, you, you just move that conversation over. Yeah, well, that's what we do well, but it's not helping us when it comes to this. All of a sudden, the emergence of a the reemergence of a tepid war with Russia over uh, some property that they lay claim to Syria. Let's roll this out for a second. I, I have not heard this, so it might suck. Yeah. <laughs> He sneaks around the world, dodging drones sent by Obama. He was an NSA contractor, but he snitched on all the plans. And if you go online and tune in to No Agenda, you'll find out. Where in the world is Edward Joseph Snowden? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. Uh, no, no. Too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a setup. It's a setup for the segment. You going to talk about Snowden for a minute? I would like to because there's a couple of really strange things happening. All right, I'm in. Okay, uh, first of all, there's the uh, there is the 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 WikiLeaks statement that he released, 
that uh, immediately uh, anyone who uh, who actually took the time to read it instead of just reading a blog that points to another blog that says hey he posted something there were some there was the way it was written was very weird and they have since changed that oh they changed it yeah because it, um oh. the language said the united states have whereas any american says the united states has and this is a very this is a linguistic mistake that a lot of people picked up on immediately and of uh, course you're thinking this was written by someone not from the united states Oh, no, most definitely not from the United States. And like here, maybe Julian Assange? <laughs> well, here is, eh? here is uh, uh, his, uh, Mr. Snowden's puppet master. Because, of course, we, we don't even... This guy could be... Uh, he could be one of those things, one of those animatrons that they do... Uh, you know, what is that outfit that always makes those cool, like, uh, animated videos whenever something, whenever something guy, happens? Those guys in Japan? Yeah, those guys. I mean, we, we have no idea if Snowden is for real at this point. We really don't. You know, we, I like the picture of him sitting at the cafe or wherever it was reading Desite. <laughs> Did you see that one? No, no. Uh, no. Where, where's his girlfriend, by the way? I mean, we've got his dad, she, his phony dad. Him. Yeah, but why? Why isn't she being followed? Why isn't? Why, why doesn't somebody chatter up on CNBC? Yeah, exactly. You know, we got the camel toe pictures of her. We've got her on the stripper pole. Can we not have her on television, please? There were a lot of people who felt like the syntax and the voice of that statement did not sound even like a native English speaker. And I'm just curious, when you read that statement, what your reaction was to it? I, I of course, I'm being speculative here because I don't actually know who wrote it or who influenced it. It seemed to me like the core ideas were very much consistent with how Edward Snowden thinks, but that it was sort of flavored with some person who isn't Edward Snowden. If you, I think... <laughs> Cover up much, Glenn? <laughs> it was flavored by someone else. Yeah. <laughs> All the world really knows about him in terms of how he expresses himself is the video, is that, video yeah. that Laura Poitras made um, of, of my interviewing him. Um, and he's very mild-mannered, very soft-spoken, even though his ideas are, are, are very emphatic. So the idea that he won't accept asylum in Russia if he's not allowed to continue to leak, the idea that he thinks that the U.S. is being extremely unjust in its treatment of him and, and in pressure in other countries. Those are all consistent with his philosophy, but I agree there was sort of a virulent tone to it that didn't strike me as his own. Then again, he's in a pretty stressful situation, yeah, I, given that he seems to be in suspended animation well, in an airport. Suspended animation. There's another clue. Well, let's ask a guy. Here's a question for you. Do you really think he's at that airport? No. I, the guy, No. He he never of not. He Why ne would he, he be there? He was never even in Hong Kong. We don't even know if he was there. Yeah, the guy's well, seen, actually we don't know that he's in he Alabama was, or well, somewhere. They, they, no, I think, please. I, I'll go with that. He was in Hong. No, Kong. No, I won't even go there. I won't I'm even go there. He was in Hong Kong, and then we went to the airport, and then the <sighs> Russians came in immediately and says, "You're coming with us." No, 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 no. And I'm not buying that. I have huge doubts about this whole Snowden thing. And if I see one more picture of a street scene in Hong Kong with a telescreen in the background with a huge head of Snowden, which is obviously photoshopped. This is this whole thing is one gigantic scam. The whole thing is a scam. Did you read his note? He's like, no, was now, lame. Oh, I am a stateless person. No, you're not. That has, you know, this. It's all a lie. What he's saying is is factually untrue. Your passport being revoked does not mean you're a stateless person. 
you know, th- and as we've already shown, his passport really can't be revoked. No, the the whole thing is bullcrap. I have another another little interesting ditty I picked up here um, regarding how this all works. I need to remind people that Snowden did not uh, leak anything. You know, he's not put anything on BitTorrent. He's not you know uploaded anything to a public website. He apparently gave a PowerPoint to the Washington Post and to uh, Glenn Greenwald while his uh, his buddy the uh, the filmmaker who made who was making a documentary this whole thing is going to be a feature film you're all going to go watch it you're going to pay 17 bucks to go see it whatever um he has not actually done anything himself he has given things uh, you know if we believe it you know he has given these these powerpoints to uh, to Glenn and on the uh, on the C-SPANs, uh, Bob Schieffer has uh, his own little show. Have you ever seen this? He has the Bob Schieffer School of Journalism. No, I've never seen this. When oh. is it on? <laughs> uh, Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's, who knows when it's on? It's the Central 6, 7. <laughs> exactly. It's 6, 7, exactly. So he has a little, he has, he has the Bob Schieffer School of Journalism thing. It's like some foundation and it's on C-SPAN and he has on Barton Gelman and Barton Gelman, um, uh, I guess has been around. He's written books. The Washington Post apparently hired him specifically to report on the Snowden affair, which right there is like hugely suspicious. Why couldn't they have their staff reporters do it? You know, why did they have to bring in the special guy? And um, and just to reiterate what we know happened, uh, as we heard from the Guardian editors on um, Sunday's show, they were on Charlie Rose. They were saying, well, we, we, we got the uh, the document, and then we took that to the State Department, to the uh, Defense right, Intelligence to Agency. Okayed. We took it to the NSA. We took it to the CIA. We showed it to the White House, and we said, do you have any concerns? Is there any national security concerns about publishing this? And they said, no, not a problem at all. Not good a problem. Go. At all. Not Good to go. Go ahead and publish it. Well, the same thing happened. With the post, security uh, might be damaged. So here, that's Bob Schieffer saying, "Was there anything? Were you worried that the national security might be damaged by publishing this?" With what you published, yeah, I did. I mean, over my career in journalism, having covered a lot of national security stories, there have been quite a few times when I saw a really hard balance to be struck, and when I've had conversations with the government about their concerns and we had those conversations this time and I'll tell you how I started the first conversation I said I'm not going to hand you this document that I have but here's the date and title and author and I know you can find it Uh, and before we start talking I just want you to know that everything from slides 21 to 27 we're not even thinking about publishing Uh, let's talk about the rest and and this is is this the way you presented it to the post Kind of in that way, or well, yeah. I mean, when I when I uh, when I came to the post, uh, I had a similar conversation. I said, you know, I mean, you're going to make your own decisions because I no longer work there full time. I did for 21 years. I came back to them on contract for this story. So you'll make your own decisions about what you're willing to publish. Uh, and you know, the start of the conversation, this is the part I would not myself be willing to publish. So this is Bob Schieffer being a total idiot and not listening. He's thinking about what he's, what the double martini he has lined up. Because the guy... The guy co- just said, and I think this is what the, why this clip is important. The guy just said he's a contractor mm-hmm. who came in specifically for this story for some reason that he doesn't explain. And, of course, Schieffer 
instead of jumping on that and saying, well, what did, why were you picked to do this story and who picked you? And the way I heard it is this guy had the document. He went to the other to the government and said, well, you know, here's what I'm not going to publish. But here's the document. I'm not going to do pages 21 through 47. Which okay, of course, well, then you have to. The question still needs to be asked. No, but wait. But then I think then he went to the post and he was hired. Well, then the question still needs to be asked, which is what I was going to say. Where did he get the document yep. to begin with? Since he wasn't a reporter, mm-hmm. I mean, he was in the past, and now he's doing what? We have to find whoever he's working for now is the key to this. And does Schaefer ask him, oh, well, who were you working for between <laughs> when you used to be a reporter and when you came to do this contract job? What were you doing in the middle there? What was you? How did you get this document? Well, yeah. how, how does that work? Explain it to me. He said that, right? No, he didn't say the whole rest of the, it was an hour long show. It was incredibly boring about, you know, what. Bleh, bleh. Why wouldn't he ask? That's the first question you would ask. What did, Schaefer is a douche. No, he's not. He's just, I don't know what his problem is. Hey, let's look he doesn't at, listen. Let's he's look like at, a, no, no, he was not listening at all. Here's Barton Gelman from the Book of Knowledge. After 21 years on the staff of the Washington Post, Gelman resigned in February 2010 to concentrate on book and magazine writing, now holds positions as senior fellow at the Century Foundation. There you go. That's it. What's the Century Foundation? Well, let's find out. He's also contributing editor at large of Time Magazine. Well, hello. What is? What, How come he didn't give the article to? Well, hold on a second. How come he didn't give the article to Time Magazine? I don't know. Huh? I don't know. What? Can I ask you? This has always bothered me. What significance does the in a title does the at large mean? I, I've never understood this. Can, can I be? You have. It means you don't have a specific beat. Can I just say I am the podcaster at large? Yeah. Hello, Adam Curry, podcaster at large. You could. It's just a bogus thing. It doesn't mean anything. It's just bull crap. Okay, thank you. Well, I've always wondered because I'm the editor at large. (laughs) I was once, when I was the editor of InfoWorld and I quit to just write columns and go off and not do anything, uh, I wanted to keep a title there for a while. And I kept for about two years. I was my my favorites. I don't see too many people using this. Now it's used all the time. Consulting editor. (laughs) <laughs> right. Huh? Nice. Yeah, nice one. Consulting it's a editor. Beauty. <laughs> oh yeah, I was a consulting editor there uh, for two years. Well, what did you do? Nothing. Okay. Well, that was my job. At time, Gelman's work has included cover stories on extremist domestic militias, on FBI Director Robert Mueller, and on the early influences in the life of Republican Party presidential nominee Mitt Romney. He also writes Time's counter spy blog on digital privacy and security. Why didn't time get the story? I don't know. He, he wasn't large enough. No. Well, what is the Century Foundation? Let's uh I'm looking let's at it. It's like it's just a really vague foundation. It looks like a front for something. Well, of course it's going to be a front for something. <laughs> really? <Duh. laughs> but who is it the front for? Who else is it? I can't uh, I I'm trying to find it. I can't find anything here. Oh, come About on. DC. Here it is. Experts and staff. Go to experts and staff. Let's see who's in here. Uh, looks like in, uh, let's see. Horton Abramowitz. Horton Policy Wonks. Hey, wait a minute. Where did I just, where did I see? He's also. Abramowitz? Morton, Abramowitz is also the head of the, uh, the International Crisis uh, Institute. 
That's the Morsi thing, you know, the or the the Elberidae thing. That's interesting. Hold on a second. It's the Crisis. Isn't it called the Crisis Institute? The Crisis Group. Crisis Group. Here, let me see. Board of Directors. Crisis Group. Um, Morton. Here, Executive Committee. Morton Abramowitz on the Executive Committee of the Crisis Group. And here he is. He is a senior fellow at the Century Foundation. It's all of this stuff. All of this. Who is this Abramowitz? Who is this guy? Oh, he's got to have some government background. Let's see. What is he doing? Oh, yeah. Department of State. Numerous positions in the <laughs> Department of State. Also serving as acting presidential of the International Crisis Group, a multinational non-governmental blah, blah, blah. Prior to joining the Carnegie Endowment in August 1991, he was, these guys are all together. He was an ambassador to Turkey. He's also served as assistant secretary of state for intelligence and research, uh, Intel. Uh, the United States ambassador to the research. Mutual and Balanced Force Reduction Negotiations in Vienna. What kind of bullcrap title is that, United States Ambassador to the Mutual and Balanced Force Reduction Negotiations in Vienna? What, Ambassador to Thailand? Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a spook. Oh, most of them are, of course. Wow. Well, so this is what it is. So this is this is so th- th- you can't say that this journalist is uh, an independent journalist. He's not. This guy is a he's influenced. In, yeah, this is an agency operation. Yeah, it's a total agent. And and if he was spying, uh, if he wrote a book uh, uh, or was covering Mueller, then you've got to think he was CIA. Well, let's find out what the book about Mueller was. <laughs> What's this his is, last guy's name? This is how we do it in real time, ladies and gentlemen. This is how we do. It. This is how we. And do- we do in real time. We do a better job. Than the networks, which have huge staffs <laughs> and money, and money, <laughs> and money, actual well, dough, actual money. Here we go. His name is Gelman, G E L L M A N, Barton Gelman. And he's a Pulitzer Prize-winning American journalist, a blogger, and best-selling author. Let me, and while you're looking at that, let me see what else he's done. He wrote the uh, see book on Dick Cheney. Yeah, Gelman broke important stories about the use of intelligence leading to the war in Iraq, including the first public reporting on the secret of White House Iraq group. Okay, so... I don't know. He's, he's, this is an interesting guy. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, you know, it's... Some, uh, I'm not going to say that somebody else writes all this stuff for him, but... Well, this is all the stuff is Washington Insider stuff. So you know what? Because you're a writer, Barton Gelman says Dick Cheney is a liar. Oh, so the guy's a genius, huh? (laughs) (laughs) He got a crystal ball or something. Oh, wow! How'd you come up with that? It's okay, John. You're a writer, so you can't say that. I'll say it. Barton Gelman is a CIA asset, and if he's not, if he's if he's writing any of these stories, he's probably getting them handed to them by. Uh, Project Pundit or uh, or any of the other uh, secret ops where they literally just write it for these guys and just hand it over. And then so it's like, you know, he, so he gets the documents and they say, okay, why don't you go take this to the post? The thing is, the guy is not photogenic. You know, he doesn't have a story. There's nothing behind it. And I don't know if they gave it to him for, it sounds like, well, from what we know, they gave the documents to him first to expose. They didn't do anything with it or the, maybe the post, for whatever reason, delayed it. I heard that the post, it was said over and over again, the post had sat it, on the story. Right, because they didn't. So they had to take it up a level and give it to all people that probably, the, I'm sure nobody likes him. He's, he's. Which he's supposed to be a personable person, but a hard guy to work with is, uh, although that could be bullcrap too, but they give it to Glenn Greenwald, who 
who takes it, you know, he, he knows how to run with a story. I'm sure they'd love it if Glenn, if Glenn, who's been sitting essentially on every talk show in the world, giving himself as much publicity as he can. I'm sure they would have rather not him ever have anything to do with this. Hey, Salty Hash, fuck off. <laughs> what, what are you telling me? No, I'm, I'm talking to the chat room. Sorry. Well, to get Salty Hash out of the chat room, kick him out. Yeah, someone will now. People say, there you go, Adam. Just call him CIA and be done with it. We're doing analysis in real time. I would say that, that, that I, I, considering where he works now and then this Time Magazine thing and, the, and this story that he has and nobody else has because somebody handed it to him on a silver platter, obviously, I, I wouldn't make the I, – I don't see I can make the argument against that comment. Sorry, I know I haven't gotten irritated by the chat room in a long time, but it's just, you know, on 4th of July, we get weirdos in, I guess. I don't know what's going on. But we'll this, just keep them out. Yeah, but, you know, we, I think we've, well, you know, new people who come in, they, they don't really, they don't have the backstory. We know about all these covert operations. You go look at the Church Commission, where it was admitted that, you know, Time Magazine has CIA uh, agents writing and on the editorial staff. And then when it came yeah, to... Our, again, which has got to be a really easy to do gig because you don't have to do much writing. God, I you could know, use you a, have a, It's like being a writer. <laughs> I could use a gig like that. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It's like being a writer yeah. and having a. It's kind of like the way I, when I do my books. I used to do these big fat books. Yeah. I, they were all. Everybody wrote about me, except I, you know, beefed them up so I at least had some. Wait a minute! Voice. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold! Hold it! Hold on a second. You didn't write telecommunications for DOS. If you read the opening of the, everybody had a chapter assigned to them, and they wrote them, and then I just went there and plugged in my voice. But it's it's apparent you can't write a book. This book was twelve hundred pages, and it was produced in less than a year. And I'm a columnist that has to write, you know, routinely. I at, always, the week. I always well, wondered. Nobody about could that. do write a book. Nobody in their right mind writes a book <laughs> like that. But, but you had your 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 head on the front cover, going like, "Hey, hey!" The, by the way, and that it, was never. I never wanted my head on the front cover. And it had a. I and, never liked my head and, on the front cover. And it had a gold star that said "Instant Bestseller." <laughs> I saw it. That was fine. But it was the head that bugged me. Uh, who, who made that no, the decision? The book was written by a team of people. <laughs> who made that it's decision? It's the only way O'Reilly? you can do a book like that. <laughs> and I didn't know this. I thought, I, of course, I've never actually read the book. I'm like, eh, all right. You know, I don't need no, to know about Terminal. But anyway, you might have learned something. <laughs> But it was written by a team of people, which is big books are all written by teams of people. How and that's you, when you wonder wonder about some of these guys right. who are full-time journalists working at a newspaper, and all of a sudden, a huge book comes out. Right, John Markoff's working right, on a right. book right now, New York Times science writer, and he has to take a leave of absence. And the book right. will be maybe 350, 400 pages when he's done. But he'll work on it for a year. He's not working at the Times during the leave of absence. But these other guys... They're wor working on day-to-day, -day and then they're cranking out an a 800-page book? You're telling me that's not written by the CIA? It's obvious it is. Thank you for clarifying. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is – you got to wonder how much is, is actually written by, uh, by the CIA. And, you know, people always think CIA, you know, ops and all. I heard a, a BBC. It was crazy. A BBC. What is it on NPR? It's like, what the hell is your world? It's some. I don't know. It's like NPR for some reason is all BBC now. I, I don't. I don't know when this happened or when this was approved or when this was okay to do. It's cheap. But, well, maybe. And there's a whole bunch of Brits on, and then they have this call-in show, and there were five C, former CIA. They're all consultants now. Five former CIA agents. 
And they were all talking about, oh, it's a lot of paperwork. And, oh, it's not what people think. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe there's five of you on the phone. And they're just analysts, consultants, and they're writers. This is it's, it's all that it is. Your entire world is run by the CIA. The CIA runs the United States of America, and they are pissed off at the NSA because Kaiser Alexander has you know gets to make his own crazy uniform. He's got huge buildings and bunkers, and they can, they're impenetrable. They've got anti tank measures outside, and it was time to tap this guy down a little bit. That's what's going on here. I'm and, totally convinced that's correct. And by before I went on off about my books, the big books, uh, I will say that it would be cool to be one of these writers because oh. you you have a team of people working for you full time. It's like you know some of the, there are writers that can afford that, but most writers can't afford to have a bunch of minions writing stuff for them. It's just <laughs> not possible. It's too expensive. But if you have a bunch of guys doing it for free. Geez, you get the salary and you get probably get an extra pension payment from those guys. Yeah. It's dynamite. I mean, even they even gave Anwar Alalaki hookers. I mean, come on. <laughs> Did you read about that? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, hey, why don't you come speak at the Pentagon and, uh, you know, and we'll do a little luncheon thing. And, oh, and by the way, we have a special guest surprise for you tonight at the hotel. <laughs> I mean, this is so obvious. No job, Betty, this we is, call her. This is so obvious what's going on here. I mean, these generals are getting it. The generals and the... I, I got to read yeah, this. Yeah, until they're not useful anymore. I got to read this email. Hold on a second. Um, where is it? Uh, it's under... Well, oh, I thought I had... Here it is. Um, Justin. Producer Justin. In fact, you know what? I'm 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 gonna do it just because I can. Adam just read his email. That's the ending. Uh, producer Justin says, Adam, I love what you guys are talking about on the show about the ridiculous number of general officers in the military. Notice how he, he, he addresses them as general officers. As a junior officer in the Army, I spend upwards of 20% of my personal pay on things like pens, pencils, notebooks, and printer paper so my soldiers can function on a day-to-day -day basis, and I'm sure the GOs don't spend uh, a lot of their personal pay just to keep their job. Instead, they roll around with their personal chauffeurs and a government-owned and fueled vehicles. I get it. Perks come with a job, but we, the military, are also accountable to the American public and the money they put in, into our pockets. You know, and, and, and they're alienating. This is all alienating. Yeah. Well, let's put yourself in, in, in one of these guys, Dempsey. You got all these perks. You got good. You got a secretarial staff. You got a limo. You got a chopper. Any place you want to you, go you have around a town, dude. You have a motorcade. A motorcade. You got a motorcade. <laughs> you got free trips to Europe. Whatever you want. You don't have to spend a nickel of your own money. And then you take the one hundred eighty-five thousand they pay you, or whatever it is for a general. Yeah. Probably more for the chief of staff. Then that's and just, you just bank it. That's just walking around money. And or you invest it in in. Hot stocks that you are told to invest in. Right. I mean, there's a, a lot of these guys get filthy rich for, and these investing in the stock market is a risky business. You can't be hitting home runs left and right. Which brings us to another thing that was brought up well, by well, one of our, before before you do that, I just wanted to say one last thing about this. Uh, you know the Band of Brothers, the you, movie. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, the hundred and first Airborne. 
I guess, what is it, the, the 101st 506 Division. These are the guys that, that just like a TV show, a movie. Uh, they're the guys who got blown up um, at the Ford Operating Base in Afghanistan, you know, that was in the um, in the Argo. Was that the Argo movie? No, not Argo. In the, uh, in the, in the, the Compromise Bin Laden movie. That one? Yeah. So. No. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Bin Laden. Is that the name of it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the We Got Bin Laden, Obama's awesome propaganda movie. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. This uh, outfit, it's the 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment. Uh, because of the sequestration, and, and these guys have been around, you know, I think since the Civil War. Uh, you know, the, the, the Normandy, these are the guys. This, this is like, if, if you want to have an awesome... Like, if you want to call anyone a hero in the military, these are the guys. Uh, their unit's about to be chopped up, just done, just go home. So now because of this, everyone in the military hates Obama. They hate him. I, 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 that's all I hear. They hate him. They hate that all his generals are walking around. You know, they got all the hookers and the and the and literally. And they, you know, and and the, and and the guys that are kind of good, they've been kicked out, they've been pushed out, they've been moved out. I'm amazed we don't have an Egypt situation here. Well, we've done a pretty good job, I think, of oh, uh, and right now vacating the public, so they, they, they don't even know what we're talking about on this show. For example, nobody's talking about we. We got the public completely buffaloed. Hey John, I'm watching. I got CNN on in the corner. I see live General Dempsey singing the national anthem at a ball game. Are you kidding me? All right, does he got a good, he got good work, Dempsey? I mean, you, you got guys sitting in 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 the in the sand right now, waiting to get fired, and Dempsey is like singing the national anthem. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. at the at the uh, Boston game. Yeah, I took a special yeah. flight <laughs> to Boston. I mean, special flight. I mean, yeah, flight. he took a special. Yeah, he jumped in his jet. It's his own his plane. Challenger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and, it's not a Challenger. It's a Gulfstream. Okay, he's got a big Gulfstream. Yeah, the G five. G five, and he goes up to Boston, and he gets then he gets a, a limo uh, entourage ride. No, to no, the no, no. Hold on, hold on. Back it up. His motorcade has already flown in the night before. Okay, so they're rested. So, the, so they're rested. They're good to go. So he's got his 24 motorcycles. His limo is there with the backup limo just in case that one breaks. And then he's going to land at uh, National. And then he takes the helicopter to the, you know, to the, uh, to the pad where he can you know, rest up for a second and, and address, you know, get his composure together. Because you can't do that. It's so have you ever tried to do your hair on a Gulfstream? It sucks. It's just no good. Why doesn't so, he fly into Boston? So Hartford he, or whatever it is. No, no that's that's Atlanta. I think I'm making it up now. But anyway, yeah, no, but it's something like it's that. like that. It's it's and really. And really he gets like to be that. at the ball game, watch a good game, and then yeah. salute, and you know, go back to <laughs> salute. <laughs> and then they probably cause. Then would do a flyover since he's there. This costs hey, like a quarter of a million dollars hey, in taxpayer. Hey, General, plus. I got an idea. Should we fly over this? Do a flyover on the stadium. Yeah, good one. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Circle back. I didn't get a picture. Yeah, I'm sorry. This it's it is that disgusting. It truly is that disgusting. They're very cavalier. Yeah, and they don't care. They, sh they throw it in your face, and the public eats it up. They're 
when I bet you they get Dempsey at the ballpark. He stands up. He says, and in the audience, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then they he stands up and they gives he gets a huge standing O from yeah. the entire audience of the ball yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's gold. It's very much like uh, Hayden said. Hayden, of course, was the uh, is he a, is he an, a general or an admiral? Yeah, he was admiral. He was a admiral? navy admiral. Admiral. And then he was head of the NSA. Then he became head of the CIA. Yes. And now he's trying to defend himself against uh, international uh, indictments. He was uh, on. Uh, I think he was with Bob Schieffer, and and he kind of nails it. This is what we hear over and over again from everybody, and this is why the the title of our last show was "Meh," because we are the United States of America. Like meh, we don't care. And he just reiterates how dumbed down we've become to all of this. Look, one of the results of the Snowden leaks is that it's launched in a national debate about the balance between privacy and security. I'm convinced the more the American people know exactly what it is we are doing in this balance between privacy and security, the more they know, the more comfortable they will feel. So, so frankly, I think we ought to be doing a bit more to explain what it is we're doing, why, and the very tight safeguards under which we're operating. You know, uh, this... How comfortable are you feeling, John? Are you feeling comfortable with how everything's going? Is it good for you? Yeah, meh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. We do have a few people to thank for uh, a good part of our donations today. Uh, July the 4th, the day we're actually working in real time. Anonymous from Anonymous. Or anonymous from actually from Sweden, one nine eight forty. William Hague's speech is now my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, you missed his double speak. Uh, in our countries, it exists to protect their our country's freedoms. Most likely referring to the intelligence. Wait a minute. Let me see if I get this. I'm not, this, I'm not getting in it. In our countries, well, should we listen to it? Yeah. Um, where, uh, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> William Hague's speech is now my ringtone. You missed the double speak. In our countries, it exists to protect their, our country's freedoms, most likely referring to the intelligence sharing countries. Here it is. Here it is. Intelligence work takes place within a strong legal framework. We operate under the rule of law and are accountable for it. In some countries, secret intelligence is used to control their people. In ours, it only exists to protect their freedoms. Mm, I don't think you got it right. Nah, I don't no, know. I don't it's hard so. to say. It's bad enough. We'll, we'll, <laughs> it'll be, there'll be more to come from this there clown. Will, yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, Anonymous in Sweden. Uh, Christine Zachman in Lost Wages, Nevada, $118. After listening to John's theory on the 33 meme, I saw during the local newscast as they were showing the Boston feed of the manhunt. A name came across the ticker at the bottom of the screen, Richard H. Donahue, 33, shot during gun battle. I knew right away it was a CIA setup. <laughs> if you look into this, you'll notice they didn't remove the bullet so no one can prove friendly fire. Thanks for a great show. <laughs> yeah. She's got something going on. Yeah, right on. like it. Thank you, Christine. Uh, what we got here? We got Murray Stone. Murray Stone, who sent us a note, uh, he's in Stowe, Vermont, and it says, thanks for the excellent shows. Uh, 
is in, it's in cursive, by the way. And by the way, you, you know, you can't read cursive through the through the envelope. Uh, and thanks for the tip about audacity. Oh, I have been looking for a way to bust your bust your long MP3s up into smaller pieces. It works great. In exchange for the this donation, please send me some job karma. Okay, we'll give him some job karma. Okay. You've got anyone who karma. goes to the trouble of sending a check and uh, can expect some job karma. Wilbur Matthew Wilbur. Maybe maybe, maybe that should be one of our new policies. We read your note if you send a check. Yeah, that would be good. It, it, assuming, yeah, well, he's going to send us. And I know that there's one guy that used to constantly uh, send pay, do a PayPal for one cent. Yeah, and no, we're, we're not going to read your note for that. He would keep doing this. He did it and did it and did it. And, I, and I, we just stopped paying attention because it, it always came through a zero because the PayPal takes the penny. So he's essentially stupidly sending PayPal money. And then he stopped oh, and I stopped, oh, stopped oh, listening to the show. I, I will show those idiots. Here's a <laughs> Here's penny, penny, which you get nothing from. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was amusing. He did it for like almost six months. I got one of the, I got, I just got to break this for a second. I, I got to, I got to read this to you. This made me like curious. Adam, I've been listening to the, to No Agenda since the start of the year and loving it. Thanks for an entertaining and informative show. As I respect your value for value funding model, I figured that I owe you an explanation as to why I won't be donating for the foreseeable future. Living outside of the U.S., any money that I might send to the show would end up in the broader American economy, where a portion would be taken by your government and used to fund drone strikes, torture, and surveillance of people throughout the world. It's really crappy that good guys like yourself and John end up caught in the middle of this, but I hope you can see why I can't, in all good conscience, send money into the U.S. Doing so would simply be proxy funding for your government's war on the rest of the world. Sincerely, Patrick. Well, let's hope that that logic doesn't play out. Right. I mean, it's it's a reasonable excuse. We, uh, we, uh, yeah, eh, whatever. Spit in the bucket. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Murray Stone, Stover, Vermont, 100. Matthew Wilbur, 100, from Rutherglen, Virginia. That's where you came from. Uh, got $100 from the Microsoft Cash for Apps program and wanted to pass it along. If you're interested, slaves with kids looking to get their mac and cheese can check out my app, available on Android and iOS. Just look for the prize inside. Ooh, it's like a Cracker Jack box. Yeah. All right. Uh, Benjamin Ritgers in Ames, Iowa, who also sent in a note. Um. I think you two were right a couple of episodes ago when you said Mitt Romney was planning to run for president in 2016. I answered a political survey that hinted in that direction. Huh? He's hitting his friend uh, Jerry in the mouth by yep. singing jingles. She likes to try <laughs> macaroni at various restaurants. Wait a minute, the- wait a minute. How, how, does, how is the name Jerry spelled? G-E-R-I-E. G or J? G. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure I know who's who here. Uh, she likes to try macaroni and cheese at various restaurants. This, by the way, is a trend. There's a bunch of trucks, you know, these food yeah. trucks in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah. And they yeah. all have mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese. Mac and, and cheese. Oh, mac and cheese. Oh, let's get some mac and cheese. It's disgusting. <laughs> 
So when she orders mac and cheese, he sings the mac and cheese jingle. And for those of you who do not know the mac and cheese jingle. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. All right, onward. Um, where were we? Matthew Wilbur, Ritgers, uh, Brock, uh, Rock Harvey, and Prince Albert Rupert. Prince Rupert in a can, British Columbia, uh, Canada. Uh, he's a professional radio operator for the Canadian Coast Guard. Station's call sign is VAJ, Victor Apple Jerry. If you are able to try and tune up to 2182 kilohertz sometime and listen to the Marine FMF distress and calling frequency, we get a ton of skip. And I also often hear all around the world and have worked at Maydays thousands of miles away. Unfortunately, I can't afford to contribute more than I do, but my wife and I get entertainment, more entertainment from you than from any other source. Oh. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me uh, send him a little, uh, little uh, code back. Brian, Brian Hall in Ann Arbor, Michigan, seventy four, seventy three. He's also a ham, by the way. Is a call. He says seventy three from Moses. It's uh, or Moses Hall. Uh, Kevin eight. Thanks in year. <laughs> what? This, will you please stop doing that? That's like, and all the hams over seventy five do that. <laughs> Kilo eight tango India Yankee. Okay, we're just going to do it the proper way. No, James Murray in Huntington Beach seventy four thirteen. These are our seventy four people that send in. The, this is a commemorative uh, donation. Uh, he's he's in, he's in doing it in honor of uh, Doug Engelbart, uh, Patrick Coble, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Daniel Torellio in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Thomas Nussbaum, Sir Thomas Nussbaum, to you in Virginia Beach, Virginia. St. Nicole. And St. Nicole. Uh, Matthew Medina in Plano, Texas, which is right up the road from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, MC Squared, Davenport, Iowa. Noel Vincente in Landing, New Jersey. Dwayne uh, Biblo in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, we got him on the birthday list. Sam Leung in Toronto, Seventy-four thirteen, David Perico, uh, Sedonia, Arizona. Keith Gibson, Holly Springs, uh, North Carolina. K- JKLM Inc. in Hilton Head, unbelievable place, by the way. Hilton Head, South Carolina. Seventy-four thirteen. Robert Montoya in Pleasant Hill, California, down the street from me. Oleg Rakatini in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Re- Stephen Stephen, sorry, Stephen, Sir Baron Grand Duke Pelsmockers. Hey now. Uh, seventy four thirteen. Morton Kieran in in Copenhagen seventy four thirteen. And finally, Narada Staple or Stapel in Safety Bay, Australia. Uh, those people all got in on the seventy four thirteen. Yeah, thank you very much. We also have a lot of people who did forty. Uh, what was it? Forty seven thirteen. Forty seven thirteen or forty seven thirty one. Wasn't it forty? Was it 40? No, no. It said thirteen. Thirteen is the. Oh no, thirteen. Yeah, forty seven thirteen. Actually, it was. And it was only like four people. <laughs> it wasn't all that much. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. There's only yeah. five. Yeah. Eh. So, hey, great promotion, John. I'm happy. I'm happy. People stepped up. It's 4th of July. We, we could have had nothing. Yeah, which we would have had normally. Yeah. Uh, so now we have, hello. 69. 69, dudes. Unfortunately, it grew. So it's not going to fade yet. Julio Percivo in Los Angeles, California. How the footy says. Anonymous in Spookville, Virginia. Yay. Isn't that all of Virginia? 
69-69. Joseph Abreu in Lisbon, 69-69. Portugal. Uh, Steven Pelsmakers, again, the, the Grand Duke Baron came hey, in because he can't resist this, by the way. He says, he says, well, enough karma is always needed. <laughs> it's always, always handy to have around. He's on the, he's on the move. <laughs> wait, 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 wait let, me, let me give him the actual enough karma. <laughs> You've got karma. He's on the move. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stacy Tarpley in Webster Grove, Missouri. Jack Mangano in Avondale, Arizona. Joe Wagner in Atlanta. Audrey Symes in St. Louis. And, whoops, you didn't close out. She's oh. only. Oh, I'm sorry. 6933. She's picking out upon the 6933 idea, by the yeah. way. Oh, Simon Taylor, 69 even in Chichester, West Sussex. Chichester. I, wait a minute, Chichester. I think that's where they have a like a an airfield with a racing track around it. Is that Chichester? I don't know. I've been there. I think. I think I've been there. I'll, I'll look I'll it up on the on the wiki. I'm going to look it up right now. Royce Kakami in Aia, Hawaii, sixty four, sixty four. Scott Olson, fifty six, thirty three, San Diego. John White and fifty double niggas on the diamond. Jackson, Tennessee. Paul, Paul, Paul. I was right. Paolo. I was right. It's Goodwood. Oh, Goodwood. Goodwood. Racetrack. Yeah, Goodwood. Well, it's a racetrack, and it has a, a, a grass uh, airport right in the middle of the racing track. Okay, Paola Ven Valencia Juarez in Zurich, Switzerland, says John, he needs some karma for a cool job. His last donation, he asked for karma to get his holiday apartment in the Swiss Alps. Got it, and we're welcome to visit. Hey, let's hand him some karma then. You've got karma. All we need now is tickets. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Janiszewski in Chicago, uh, 50. These are all 50. Wait, did you get Sir Alan Bean? I think you might have skipped him. Oh, Sir Alan Bean here in Oakland, who sent us a nice little note, by the way. He said uh, he, sends us, he sends us a $50 donation every month. This is symbolic from my July 4th show. It's my 41st anniversary of joining the U.S. Navy in 1969. Wow. He's... Uh, has uh, some nasty thing to say about the Vietnam War. Matthew Janiszewski. <laughs> Which you're not Adam, going to share with us. <laughs> Adam Hebert uh, in South Windsor, Connecticut. Josh McDonald in Brunswick, Victoria. Greg Brunsell. Good old Greg. Sir Greg, actually. $50 in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And finally, Car Carl Barron in Malmo, Sweden, along with Aiden Clark in Northlands, Queens, North Lakes, Queensland, Australia. Well, a lot of Australians came in today. It's nice. Uh, I want to thank them and everyone else who donated, especially all the the five people in the forty seven thirteen club. And I would like to point out that Josh McDonald and I think a, so a couple people um, mentioned this maybe on Twitter where I saw it. Uh, Josh sent us fifty dollars and he said, "Here's what would have been my Wikipedia donation." Right. Since they're acting shady, my regular subscription, of course, will go on. And uh, I've also seen people say the same thing about WikiLeaks, that they want to give uh, what they would have donated to them, they want to hand it to us. And I would say, you know, for all of you who are um, going to be tricked into believing the Electronic Frontier Foundation is good for you, today is an icon changer day. John, have you, you know about this, where they've given you some code, you can put it on your, on your uh, Facebook, and, you know, be like, we want Inde Independence Day, we want to stop spying on us, EFF rocks, woo! Oh, brother. You might want to consider uh, supporting someone who's actually uncovering stuff and not working for them. Whoever them may be. Yeah, them. Them. Uh, or, yeah, well, essentially, if you're doing anything but 
helping us. You're you're contributing to one side or another yeah. of this internecine yeah. kind of thing where these people are battling with with each other. Who knows what they're up to? Yeah. We can only get so far in our analysis without actually, you know, just by looking at what's available to us. But there's something up. I think we're getting further than most with our analysis. Oh, no, we're way out there. Nobody's even trying. They don't talk (laughs) about the Russians' involvement in this this Egypt deal. They don't talk about Snowden as a, you know, who knows what the hell he is and all the stuff that we've looked into about him. Uh, It's it's just, you know, but I think people appreciate this. uh, It's the conversation they're probably having. If they're having a conversation, most people always say, uh, with a couple of guys having a beer the other day, and they they don't even have this conversation. And you bring it up, some of this, you know, the stuff we've dug up. <laughs> Wait a minute. You oh, have... I don't know. What? <laughs> Wait. doesn't you... make any sense. Hold on, hold on. They set the stage. You were out with it's a couple. It's not that interesting. I'd set the stage if I had an interesting thing to say. <laughs> I just say. want to know who are these dudes you're hanging out with? It was Markov from the Times and, and Greg uh, Zachary, uh, these the are guy not who's in Africa all the time, who took our our night in Ghana, and then he turned him against the show. <laughs> yeah, and you were having a beer with him? I, it just uh, bugs me to no end. And there's also some, and Markov is doing a book, like I said, he took yeah. time off to do yeah. it. And he's hired both these, him and a, a Swedish journalist that was there, yeah. who was a really nice guy, and he's hired the two of them to help him on the book. And how come, I mean, this is how the come, way it does work. You don't How come you didn't get hired to work on the book? What am I going to do? I don't know. What's the book about? I just ridicule these books. It's, I'm no, I'm not, <laughs> What's the book about? I got enough work to do. What's the book about? It's about uh, something about robots. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you should have said? You said, oh, yeah? Well, Adam and I are working on a robot book, too. <laughs> yeah. He'd believe that. <laughs> Well, all right. Please support us so John doesn't have to go hang out with dudes who are writing books about robots. That's really, that's yeah. really, that's really bad. Because I know you were trying to get a gig. That's why you were there. No, the one guy's taken off for uh, Europe for some, and we had to say goodbye to him or something. I'm not. I don't know why I was. I could have skipped. <laughs> I didn't get anything out of it. I, I just got could, a bunch of. You could have stayed home. Ah, oh, you and your conspiracies. <sighs> It's really? the easiest way to get out of talking about anything. I know it's it, it's bad. Though. It's people who you've known for years, and then all they and and it's and and these are intelligent guys. For them to actually say you and your conspiracy theories, I mean, do, do they even hear with the the bullcrap coming out of their own pie holes when they say that? No, they're they're done. Yeah, well, they got the cool robot book writing gig. Yeah, well, I'm getting any of that? Oh, well, there you go. Thank you all so very much for supporting the program. As you can tell, uh, it's pretty much all we got going. And we like it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's that. Well, no, but we like it that way because ne'er a show goes by that at the end of the show, I don't say, I can't believe I get to do this. And we don't sell seeds. No. <laughs> Heck no. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Oops, wrong one. I meant to hit this one. Here we go. Celebrating, everybody. Rock Harvey says happy birthday to his new human resource, Elijah Anakin Glenn Harvey, born on June 26th. Hello, welcome to Gitmo Nation. Ron Spickens celebrating as we put him on the birthday list. Dwayne Biblo congratulates himself. He is born on Independence Day, 4th of July. And Royce Kokami... 
says happy birthday to good friend Mar, who turns 40 years old today. Happy birthday from all your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And no nightings or anything like that. Uh, I will say, if you're looking for a way to contribute to the best podcast in the universe, lots of people do uh, new things. You know, like, so, well, I got some coupons, or I'm emptying out my PayPal account. Or if you had listened to us, we had a hot stock tip. We, we told you about noodles, that it was going public. It opened at $18 a share, closed at $38.47. Despite the noodle boy. <laughs> and, no, but I think we... You actually said, this is a hot stock. This is going to be hot because it's depression food, it's noodles, it's going to be great. And and the title of the article that I was reading about, the, was it uh, Daily Beast here, how a pasta chain called Noodles & Co. punked Wall Street. It's the hottest IPO of the year, and we told you about it. You could have gotten yeah. in on that. You could have bought, I mean, we did you buy anything? No. Did I buy anything? No. But well, we, you can't sit around touting stocks and then buying them. No, but we do have people who buy stocks and bonds all the time, and if they had listened to us, they would have made a bundle. That's doubling your money right there, and you could have... Doubling su- your money in one day. That's right, and supporting Probably the show. Probably going to continue to climb moderately. Mm. Uh, but yes, depression food. Anything that comes out that's going to be like a mac and cheese chain would kick butt. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's in the works. So I got a couple of things. One of the things you said you might want to look into. So you know the Austin kid in the slammer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on the fence about this story. Okay, well let's play the clips I have, which is Austin kid in the slammer zero. Okay. His mother says her son is on suicide watch and is in solitary confinement after having been assaulted in jail. It's very hopeless and very depressed and very scared. It's very hard to hear your child. Alina Machado, CNN, Atlanta. Alina, thank you so much. I want to bring in Justin Carter's father, Jack Carter. He's joining us from Austin this morning. Jack, thank you so much for coming in. This is clearly difficult for you and your family, especially your son. First off, how is your son doing? We've told him. Do we need to set this up? Because you know, at no point. I want to. Okay. You, you, yeah. Yeah. I thought there would be a little setup in there, but there wasn't. We can set it up. Uh, this kid had uh, was on Facebook or something, and he just was going to blow up a school. Now, said okay. He was playing a video game, <laughs> and then someone said he was crazy, and he said, yeah, and then he put on his Facebook, he posted, yeah, I'm crazy, I'm going to go uh, shoot up a school and kill a whole bunch of kids, uh, LOL, just kidding. Right, so they well, arrested that is the him story. That's the story. I have not seen any of this Right, the myself. story is weird. And also the LOL JK thing, which was like, it was beside the point. I, you know, he was just joking. It doesn't make any difference. This is a pre-crime nonsense. Right. So if, if, if this is the case, but we don't know. But meanwhile, they're, so they're going after this kid. And this woman that you just heard at the end, there's on CNN. She's a robot. And she is robotically, in, in clip number two, uh, she's robotically asking questions. It sounds very scripted. Everything sounds very scripted, including the dad. Absolutely. And, and wait. Wait, yep. And at one point, he says something like, yeah, he's a, just an innocent kid. And then she just under her breath says, yeah, just, just yeah. <laughs> she says, yeah, very softly. See if you can even hear it. Absolutely. I definitely see um, the, the, the need to investigate uh, uh, su- such claims, you know, uh, absolutely. Um, but at some point during the investigation, th- there has to be some common sense. 
So what do you want people to know about your son? Uh, more importantly, what do you want a judge to know about your son? Look, he's a good kid. He didn't mean it. It was a joke. And, and, and he would never hurt anybody. He's got, you know, y younger siblings, um, and he's good with children. He, he, he would never hurt a, a anybody. Yeah. Well, we'll be following <laughs> this very closely. Good luck to you and your family, you and good that? luck to your son. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to decide yeah. whether she said... Yeah. No, it sounded. In, yeah, no, right. It sounded. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. 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 Right. Now, that's uh, creepy. The anyway, thing, the story is weird. The You're thing, right. Well, the thing about the story is this apparently happened in October. Well, he's been in jail for five months, so yeah. You can okay, count it's backwards. February. February. And it makes no sense to me. The, the, jail. I mean, so he's being held on terrorism charges. None of this makes sense. It, I don't have any documents. I've, I can't find court documents. He was supposed to have had a court date on July second. I can't. I or I let's. I had this has not been my main focus of research. So when I say I can't, that means I looked around, I poked around, I couldn't find it. Everyone. This is one of the most emailed articles of the week. That's crazy. They put, they're putting kids in jail. I, it doesn't I, I think it smells it's like a wrong. salvo, personally. I don't even know if this kid's in jail. I don't know anything about him. No. Uh, it looks to me as a shut-up slave moment, as it makes make some kid who may not even – I mean, who knows? I mean, you can't find anything out about it. Make an example out of him to keep everybody – just get people to shut up. And, yeah. in fact, that's why yeah. I think this clip, which is a total shut-up – moment which is the chalk stories there's a couple of them out there Wait, don't and they're to... only played up on uh, democracy now because that audience is the kind of audience that needs to know this yeah this chalk story yeah. <laughs> yeah. can i play it yeah play it a protester in california has been acquitted of all charges after being tried for writing protest slogans on a sidewalk jeff olson faced up to 13 years in prison and thirteen thousand dollars in fines on misdemeanor vandalism charges after using washable chalk outside three Bank of America branches in San Diego. Olson's messages included no thanks, big banks, and shame on Bank of America. He's accused a Bank of America executive, Daryl Freeman, of pressuring local prosecutors to go through with the case. After the verdict, Olson urged supporters to protest big banks by moving their money to local credit unions. There's one way for them to send a message that will be heard, and that's to close your account at a big Wall Street bank and move your money to a local nonprofit community credit union. If you're mad about this, you think this wasn't fair what happened to me, close your Wall Street bank account. Olson's acquittal comes days after a similar arrest in Pennsylvania health in Pennsylvania. Healthcare activist AJ Marin was detained for using chalk to write a sidewalk slogan against Republican Governor <laughs> Tom Corbett's decision to reject federal funds for expanding Medicare. Marin wrote, quote, Governor Corbett has health insurance. We should, too. He's been charged with disorderly conduct. OK, I was just going to say I was about to, to get really angry. But then finally, she told me what the charge was disorderly orderly conduct and it is a total shut up slave and may i point out that while uh, this chalk writing guy um, gets sentenced for writing chalk uh, you probably didn't see on the news that hsbc the bank that yes. laundered billions of dollars billions of drug money dollars from mexico into the united states probably in cahoots with the government no coincidence that James Comey, our uh, nominated FBI director, is on the board of HSBC. 
They no one goes to jail. No one. They get a, a one point nine two billion dollar fine, and it's all good. Done. This is the insanity that we're living in. Yeah, yeah. Get some kid who's writing chalk slogans. <laughs> chalk with chalk, chalk on a sidewalk, which is public. <laughs> thoroughfare and it seems to be free speech if you ask me but no they arrest him and they're going to throw him in jail for 13 years no, you can't you can't throw him in jail for 13 years that's ridiculous and, and it's just a shut up slave moment they, they weren't going to find him you know no they weren't going to throw him in jail but they threatened it and yeah, it could happen yeah. to you, you and all this sort of thing and meanwhile these hbc guys who are criminals yeah true literally true criminals yeah they get a slap on their wrist. Oh, okay, here's a billion. A billion is there. Is the government cut? By the way, not 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 just. Yes, they're cut. <laughs> it's their vig, and it's not just that. And oh, and by the way, we'll make your guy head of the FBI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes it even better. How good is that? Yeah, so, so that was that this stuff goes on. It's just in front of everybody. Yeah. They just throw it in your face. Throw it in your face. That was PBS. NPR had a fantastic shut up slave moment, which I'd like to share with you. This is um, talk of the nation, and talk of the nation. The whole idea is you call in, and, it's, and, and people talk about what what is the talk of the nation. Um, and this was uh, who's the guy that runs Talk of the Nation? What's the guy's name? Mm, who's on that talk show? Talk of the Nation. Oh, the thing on the NPR. Yeah, it's on the National Treasure. Well, he, here's the clip. This is the most incredible, literally shut up slave clip I have ever heard. Your voices ring in our ears. So tell us one more time. What's the Talk of the Nation? Eight hundred nine eight nine eight two five five. Email us talk at npr dot org. You can also find us on Twitter. That's at T-O-T-N. And let's go. And by the way, can, when are they going to start saying org instead of dot O-R-G? Is it, what memo do they have about this? People too stupid to know what dot org means? Uh, John Hockenberry, no. Uh, Way Suarez, Ira Flatow. I, I think this is Ira. Yeah, I no. think so. Too. Maybe Ira's a chick. I don't know. Here it comes. Go to uh, Bob. Bob with us from Gainesville. Thank you, Neil. I find that uh, the Edward yeah. Snowden case <laughs> Neil. has certainly Neil been Conan. the talk of the nation. But the underlying issues uh, behind this are, are very much interesting to me and many others. The idea as to whether or not uh, what the government is doing in encroaching on our civil liberties and reading into our phone lines and whatnot, whether or not that is done in the name of security uh, is, is a very interesting discussion. I feel that we should not trade our liberties for security. And, of course, the president for this was 9-11. Many might fear that we might have another 9-11 attack. And 9-11 being the false flag attack that it was with Building 7 being uh, a building 47 stories tall that fell in free fall speed in a matter of seconds, was not hit by any other airplane. Ah, really I, I see we have a truther with us. Yes, yeah, so, well, I, I think that's a very derogatory term, and perhaps on your last it's show... It's derogatory you know, because you're talking scientific nonsense. I, I have Actually, to, I, I'm sorry to upbraid you. I'm sorry to upbraid you. I am sorry to upbraid you. Please, I try to listen with respect to callers, except when they have their facts flat wrong. Bill, uh, you think Building 7 is not a very telling incident, sir? I think it fell for different reasons and the scientific community agrees with me well more to the point i agree with them what do i know about building seven well the fact actually is, the architects and engineers all are in on in a consensus no they are not bob and i'm sorry yes there's a group and I'm, called architects and engineers bob i'm hanging up on you because this is nonsense thank you Shut up, let's slave. move right along <laughs> wow well, that's tough. that's doing your job Neil. i love the word abrade 
At first, I was like, I'm sorry to upgrade you. I'm like, you're not upgrading him. You're throwing him down to, to, to economy class. Upgrade. Have you ever used this word? Um, no, yeah. I've never used that word. Do you know, I know what, what it means? It means. Oh, okay. Scold. Well, I got, the definition I found was scrape or wear away by friction or erosion. Mm, I think it means scro- scold. Maybe I spelled it wrong? It's A-B-R-A-D-E, a braid? No, I think it's A-I-D. Try that. Oh, okay. That's, I was like, why, why would you say, I'm sorry to scrape you? Ah, a braid. Okay, to, no, to awake, to arouse, to stir. This is, oh, okay, this is like, I'm sorry, he, that's the NPR version of hitting you in the mouth. I guess. I'm sorry to awaken you. So, you know, you. when did you get this? Because this, apparently the show was just discontinued. I don't know. Someone sent it On to On Thursday, me. June 27th, that was the last day of this show. They killed the show. <laughs> Too many truthers calling in. We can't have that. I don't know. I don't know when the show was from. This is like the uh, truthers uh, <laughs> they called in when we heard it on, at least when the... At least on C-SPAN, when one of them, you know, they, one guy just hung up on the truther, and then the, but the woman uh, actually asked if this was a conspiracy, thinking a little outside the box and saying that you'd been, somebody tell you to call us. We've been telling people to call these shows forever. Yeah, for a long time. They never yeah. do it. One guy did recently. One guy made a call to a local NPR, but that was it. Well, let me do one more shut up slave moment, because this is taking place as we speak in Los Angeles, California. Um, started yesterday and continuing today. Here's local news coverage. A show of force from local public transit officers. Pay attention to the words in this. A show of force. Okay? This is a show of force, slaves. Part training drill, part message to would-be troublemakers. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I I love this clip. CBS News' Carl Finstrom this morning is live at Union Station in downtown L.A. with the details. Carl? Well, many people here who've seen that show of force, as well as some of the more unusual resources like these behind us here, have come up to us asking us what's going on. And officials say that's part of their goal to get everyone thinking about the Southland's security. And what you're seeing, you're seeing video of... Uh, she sounds like a stereotype. Well, yeah. So the What poli- are we seeing? The, oh, you're seeing uh, army guys. I mean, they're not marching they're, around. They're they're police, but there's combat fatigues, helmets, um, uh, M4s, uh, night vision goggles. Was this done at night? No, this is during the day, and they're at the metro station. <laughs> Let me tell you something: the L.A. Metro, ninety nine percent of people in Los Angeles don't even know they have a subway system. I didn't know it until I was visiting <laughs> recently. It, right. And yeah. uh, it is a very good subway system, actually. And so these guys are there. They're checking bags. They're frightening people. They're, so they're standing around in army fati- in combat fatigues with flak jackets and backpacks and antennas and, and, and literally the night vision goggles on top of the head and cameras off the side and, and just complete military, mili- mili- militaristic gear. Explosive sniffing dogs at a huge visible and undercover force have converged on Union Station. But this is not huge visible and undercover force. Not an emergency response. It's an anti-terrorism drill. We've seen some oh. complacency uh, amongst uh, even law enforcement and our community. In complacency! General regarding uh, potential terrorist activity from abroad or even here home uh, from domestic terrorists. Sheriff right. Division Chief Ted Sexton says authorities started planning for this drill in L.A.'s mass transit system right after the Boston 
Marathon bombings, in part to exercise the security lessons learned. But the high visibility drill, dubbed Operation Independence, will continue through July 4th, a major holiday. Yesterday, federal authorities released a bulletin saying the country is on heightened alert. Anytime you have a holiday, it's something that you want to look at. You, you, uh, the Boston bombing took place uh, on Patriots Day. Uh, the uh, Times Square uh, uh, incident took place on uh, May Day. <laughs> I'm, I completely missed that one. Uh, and so she she sets it up by saying, "July 4th is a major holiday." Like, I'm sorry, really. Ah, uh, I, I was uh, I was unaware this was a major holiday, and then he's coming back and saying Times Square happened on May Day. May Day's not a major holiday. Benghazi on nine eleven. Crazy. Uh, so dates, you know, significant dates are always a concern to us. Chief Sexton says there are no credible threats to the L.A. area right now, and the drill's main purpose is for different agencies to work together, exercising resources. Uh, lights are going to go out in this tunnel. We can almost see like it's daytime. Officials also hope to remind the public of their anti-terrorism role. Uh, if you see something that looks out of the ordinary, a behavior that looks out of the ordinary, please call your local law enforcement agency and report it. We all should uh, do our part, be a little bit more vigilant. And as already say, the other reason they chose the holiday for this drill is because there's fewer people traveling and using the metro system, so they say there will be less disruption. I just find this so abhorrent. Every ah, every boy. single meme is in this package, right down to the guy going, "Oh, I think it's good," you know. We were, and 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 the police chief saying, "We've become complacent. We're not reporting. We're not ratting on each other. Hey, there's not enough reports coming in, or whatever it is." This is so disgusting. Nazis. Yeah. This is Nazi. This is Nazism. Well, really fascism. Yeah, I call it Nazism. Whatever. Tomato. Tomato. Yeah, advertising. So uh, I just said the word. So you've been saying it all during the whole show. Well, at least I caught myself. But it's here not. At ju- the you end. don't just say so. You say so. Uh. So. Uh. So. Uh. It's like yeah. Like, no, it's just a so, time uh. It's just a bad. It's a bad broadcasting habit. It's just to make noise. There's no difference than doing that. I'm going to be rating myself so you don't have to. Uh, there's no difference between me doing that, and people do it all commonly, especially over the air. There's no difference between that and being a hummer. and Because hummers are just trying to make noise. Mm, <laughs> no, well, no, I don't. think... Um, <laughs> no, don't be so harsh on yourself, John. It's not that bad. It's not horrible. But you're, well, you're, um, so um, could be. You're I, making, could go, I could go down that road. If you <laughs> don't start ringing the bell on me, I can't continue this way. You're too can't bold. live this way. Uh, here we go. Drunk again. Drink Diane Dial. Drunk again. That's right. It's time for Diane Sawyer. Drunk or not drunk? And this just in tonight, and it's on health care. A surprising delay to announce tonight in one of the most controversial parts of the president's <laughs> new health care reform. That employer mandate, which requires companies with 50 or more workers to provide health insurance or face fines. She's laughing. She's so hammered. <laughs> and starting next year, well, tonight, a timeout. Ooh. Drunk again. Drink cyan dial. Drunk again. <laughs> I I think we can conclude she's drunk again. But she's so damn cute when she's drunk. You know, she's like 80. You know that? She's really old. It's amazing. She really? looks as good as she does. She is. She, is that work done? You know, by the way, 
I'm going to. I, I think we need to change this. Uh, the vernacular, the vocabulary. It's not. She's tipsy. I think Diane doesn't really get drunk. I think she gets tipsy. Okay, I like it. Tipsy. I think she is more tipsy than drunk. Yeah. It's so cute though, because she's so pretty. And she talks like she. Uh, <laughs> what? She's never. Yeah, I like to see where she just. We. One of these days, I think we've had some tips in the past where she is just hammered. What's up with the health care? How health care? Oh, gosh, I got to tell you. Um. I was, I've been so annoyed by this uh, by this Wendy Davis thing, and you, you heard you heard oh, yeah, my. This is bugging you to no end. Ah, yeah, you heard my rant, of course. I think I figured it out, and, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I was so dense not to see this." Oh, and and actually, it hit me when. Let me see. There was another. There was another report. This is North Carolina. Seem to be weird, but uh, more breaking news tonight. This time out of North Carolina. Uh, this evening in North Carolina, the Republican majority in the legislature there made a surprise move against abortion rights in that state. This came out of nowhere. So at the last minute, North Carolina Republicans jammed a brand new, previously unseen set of anti-abortion measures into an existing bill about Sharia law, of all things. Uh, the surprise ah. amendments tonight include requirements that are designed to shut down as many clinics as possible in North Carolina. Some advocates saying they would shut down all but one clinic in North Carolina. Uh, they would force clinics to meet new standards that are supposed to be impossible for them to meet, just like the restrictions Republicans have already passed in Ohio and Mississippi and North Dakota and Wisconsin, the ones they're trying to pass in Texas right now. Okay. This is when the just bells went off in my head, and I went and looked at this legend. And of course, the Sharia law thing is a red herring. It's like, pfft, you know, don't even pay attention to that. And it is the exact same wording as Senate Bill Five that um, that was the big huge controversy here in Texas, uh-huh. and it's about being within thirty minutes of a hospital. It's you know the uh, the the doctor at the clinic has to have walk in rights. You have to have two uh, two meetings before the abortion. All and and, and I, I have gone so deep into this rabbit hole. I even know the insurance codes for RU four eighty six. I mean, I've 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 been all through this, and this, I just went oh ding 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 ding. Okay, here's what's happening. And and remember now that these protests that took place here in uh, in Austin, the capital of the Drone Star State. There were people with, they had coordinated t-shirts, they had coordinated signs. Those are never the ones you really see highlighted. You see the someone with a handwritten sign. But if you really look, you see, oh, wait a minute, these are professionally made signs. That is always a clue that this is coming from somewhere. And the uh, the meme is that these are crazy religious Republican a-holes uh, who uh, are? It's all about God and religion, and that's why they don't want you know they're they're they don't want anyone to to kill babies. And um, I can tell you one thing uh, about a lot of these uh, crazy Republican uh, uh, religious a holes. There's one thing they love more than God, and that's money. And this is when it hit me. Now, the reason what is going on here is because of the Hyde Amendment. Are you familiar with this, John, the Hyde Amendment? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But okay. Well, know, I'll, I'll, I'll just summarize because people need to know. The Hyde Amendment came after the landmark uh, Supreme Court ruling Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, uh, in which uh, abortion uh, was deemed uh, legal by our American standards. 
Now, the Hyde Amendment was put into place in 1977 and has been renewed by Congress every single year. It's usually tacked onto some bill. It's not a law. It's an amendment that keeps been, you know, keeps coming back like just bad, bad Mexican food. And the Hyde Amendment says that no federal funds may be used uh, to uh, pay for an abortion. And this is kind of the, you know, the, the way that we that Roe versus Wade was you know, it's kind of been accepted by all parties. It's like, okay, well, it's you're you're allowed to do it, but the federal government's not going to pay for it. This is what this continue. So, you know, when when you hear when you heard all this stuff a couple of years ago, but oh, crazy Republicans, they uh, they won't put it in the health care bill. President Obama specifically signed an executive order that said, as a part of the uh, the what is now known as the uh, ACA, the Affordable Care Act, which has nothing to do with affordable care, but about insurance companies. That specifically said, um, no federal funds to reiterate the Hyde um, uh, Amendment stays intact, and this has kind of replaced the Hyde Amendment. Uh, no federal funds may be used uh, for abortions. However, states may put their own money into their local Medicare, Medicaid programs, or whatever program they want. Um, but if that is put into an insurance package, they actually have to segregate the money. It's like some, it's kind of like. Uh, we're going to the supermarket, and Mickey brings ten dollars, and I bring ten dollars, and we're only going to use her ten dollars to buy the milk because I'm, you know, we've agreed I won't pay for milk. I mean, it's, it's total bullcrap, is what it is. And so I've been following this very closely. We have in, uh, the money that was going into Planned Parenthood in Texas. Um, they have new rules about affiliation with an abortion clinic. You can't advise and be affiliated with with a clinic that aborts. Um, the money's going to crisis uh, pregnancy centers, and there's all kinds of organizations. What I'm going to tell you right now, put this in the book, because I'm seeing this exact same wording everywhere, and in this Senate Bill 5, it actually repeals one of the important uh, parts of Texas legislature, which which states that the, they, uh, it used to be that a clin- the requirements for an abortion clinic clinic could not be higher than those uh, placed upon Medicaid clinics. That has now been repealed and been replaced with this language, which is now cropping up in every single state, and it is exactly the same language. Three-quarters of the Texas bill is about the, the requirement for the clinic. And and what whoever, why ever this, I think it's problem, reaction, solution, whoever is funding this, which I suspect, you know, the, uh, insurance companies, something is going to change and it's going to be a bonanza in clinics that adhere exactly to what is, it is so well laid out, John, it's like a blueprint. You can go, if I had money, I'd start one of these clinics tomorrow because it's going to be a bonanza. It's going to get funded somehow, some way, and I think a part of this delaying of the um, of the implementation of the health care bill until 2015 has something to do with this. There's no other reason why every single state comes up with the same requirements for a clinic. Well, it would make sense because what you would end up with is, a, is similar to what the pharma, pharmaceutical companies have done. Is you create a market for your product, which yes. is, a, in this case, abortions, and then you... And then you look over the code, the Affordable Care Act in this case or whatever is going to come down the road or something they expect. They might know about some legislation, something where you can get these uh, you get these uh, abortions actually funded by the government. Yeah. And so thus you jack up the price. So now it's five thousand dollars. Well, he- here's the beauty. And you yeah. just crank them out and you make <laughs> yes. crap loads of money. Well, here's the beauty of it. 
the actual amount of uh, uh, of second term or what they would call late term abortions. I mean, it's so disgusting. I have to research this, but I, I but I do it because it's important to to wade through the bull crap. It's very very low. You know, it's it's the percentage is is much smaller than you'd expect. At least the ones that are researched in Texas, most of the abortions are done through RU four eighty six, which is the uh, it's essentially it's medication. You go in and and and. This is what's great about it. You can have clinics where you have to have two appointments, um, yet it has to be right. in a certain proximity. Means more money, more money. Right. And, but it won't, they won't actually be doing a lot of surgical op- uh, procedures there. You're just going to go in and you're going to take a pill and you come back and get two more sessions or whatever it is and, uh, and, and your baby aborts. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. And you're, it, you're right. It's now $500. It's going to go to 5000 it's so obvious what is going yes, on here. Because you're not paying for it, so nobody's yeah, going to complain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's going to happen. And so the we so the you know the weird twisted bit about all this. And I'm thinking maybe these protesters are because the way I see the way I would do it if I were running the show would be <laughs> okay. You know, look, here's what we're going to do. We understand you're all pissed. You know, we're going to have this bill uh, go through, um, uh, but we're going to have a little compromise. Uh, so we have all these stringent restrictions on what a clinic can do. We don't want to shut everything down. Uh, we're going to uh, take a part of the Texas Women Health Care Program, and we're going to fund this specific type of clinic. And done. And it's going to be a bonanza. And, and I think very soon, I think you're going to see it very soon, and North Carolina is going to be in, and all these other states that have, have the exact... I mean. You can't tell me that they're all thinking, oh, let's let's do exactly the same uh, requirements. Let's all have the same requirements for these types of clinics. I yes, what you're saying, to summarize, what you're saying, it seems highly unlikely that all these places where, there's, where this activity is taking place would use the exact same language exact, and the exact same exact. type of bill for some obvious reason, uh, which is not being explored. And why all of a sudden did North Carolina have and to why jam all of a it sudden, in? It, period. And North Carolina had to jam it in all of a sudden. Why? Because something's happening. Yeah, something's up. Something's up. Anyway, so I, I just wanted to, because I got a lot of people, I got a lot of response to that rant, which I'm very appreciative of, uh, mostly positive, some negative. But I also did want to say that, you know, outside of the the crazy slaves that got riled up to go yell and scream and shout and talk about get the government out of my vagina and all this stuff, whatever, that's fine. But please, you know, also know there there's something else going on here, and it's not just a bunch of crazy religious Republicans. <laughs> that that also I dislike that because that breeds so much hate for people who have uh, who have a different opinion, and it's okay to have a different opinion. You know? Well, nah, no. <laughs> I, I I was talking to someone about this the other day, who shall go go unmentioned, and. And what this woman and the woman said, um, you can't just steamroll over the minority. I was like, that's a very interesting way of looking at things. Well, that's why we have a federalist style government. No, but but the 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 point being, so this bill uh, passes uh, because the well because the majority of uh, of the Senate, the Texas Senate, voted for the bill. Yeah, and, but but then it's like yeah, but you can't just roll over the minority who lost the vote. Well, yeah, that's why <laughs> that's why you have a vote. I don't understand the problem. 
We can't have losers. Your idea wins, the other one loses. I don't understand. How does that work? We can't all. Isn't that what a, how a democracy functions? Yeah, it's like the marijuana thing. We we lost legalizing marijuana in the state of California, so you can't just roll over the minority. So we should be able to smoke marijuana. I mean, I don't get the logic. Yeah, it's yeah. just a craziness that people say. Stuff like that. <laughs> it's a little a little discouraging. Like, no, this is not how it works. Like, you have a vote, and then the vote's done. If you don't like it, then elect some other people and go vote again. Very strange. Very, very strange. All of this is very strange. All right. Well, I think I'm I'm done. Okay. I just wanted to welcome Croatia to the uh, United States of Europe and to the uh, Trans-Adriatic Pipeline Project. Good work. Yeah. Well, at least they're sending us money. <laughs> All right, we got tons of stuff that we'll be doing on Sunday, and we will be back with another show just for you. We uh, wish everybody a very happy 4th of July. I'll be celebrating uh, alone here until Miss Mickey comes home around, uh, well, I think she lands at 8.30. I'm hoping I can... Oh, right during the fireworks. I ho- yeah, we're probably not going to be able to make it home to get on the roof, but... Such is life of a podcaster at large. What did you think of my sound today? It sounds like you sound always... Why? What, you got new gear? Yeah, this is the ultimate podcast device. Oh, I, you're using the device? Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, well, there's a, I've, I've, I've been regulating it and tweaking it throughout the whole show, and I think I've finally come up with kind of a kind of a good setting. It's a good sound. But I didn't want to tell you... You don't want to tell tip you it off. I didn't want to tell you ahead of time, so... You, no, I just, I, oh, my God! So this box is about the size of a cigarette pack, and it replaces three 19-inch rack boxes. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the technology. That's right, Eventually, nobody will have a job. What? Eventually, nobody will have a job. <laughs> right. Okay. You put people out of work with this thing. You, you and the robots. <laughs> Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. Happy 4th of July in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I say have a merry whatever day you have. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back on Sunday uh, right here <laughs> on No Agenda. Go someplace and shoot yourself. The court hereby finds the defendants Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak guilty of telling slaves the truth and are sentenced to 72 hours of Pierce Morgan. The court is now adjourned. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A